Yeah. I am the architect. Yeah. While your first question may be the most pertinent, you may or may not realize it is also the most irrelevant. When did the Mongols rule China? You remain irrevocably human. Excellent! Welcome back to Sci-Fi on Trial. When The Matrix came out in 1999, it was lauded as one of the most visionary breakthrough science fiction films of all time. So fans were understandably excited when two sequels were announced to come out six months apart in 2003. Those fans were slightly less excited once they actually saw those films. We're here today to examine The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions to determine if either or both of those films are guilty of crimes against fandom. We'll be joined by a tribunal of nerds featuring myself, Jesse Mercury, Ryan Casey, Andrew Lee Creech, Allison Lazat, and Andy Alhadith, plus an interview from Dan DeRozier. I've set up a new voicemail for you, the listener, to call in to leave your thoughts about the films that we put on trial. So this episode will feature our first ever call-in from Paula. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for an announcement on what film we're putting on trial next and how you can call in to be featured in the next episode. Be forewarned that this podcast is rife with spoilers for all three Matrix films. Let's meet our panel. Welcome to Sci-Fi on Trial for the Trial of the Matrix sequels. Yes, noises. (laughs) We have some return faces tonight. We've got Ryan Casey. Me? (laughs) This isn't about me. This is about the Matrix. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than all of us. I'm fine. (laughs) And we're also joined by Allison Lazat. Hello. I'm I'm a little punchy because I watched all of the Matrix movies in the last... 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I we so Andy and I watched them together. Andy Alhadif is here, first timer. Say hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, you've never been here before. Why don't you tell never, us a little bit about ever. yourself? Who, oh. who are you in like 30 seconds or less? I am a person that... Um, Oh my God! What? Whoever has to do this? Um, I'm a. I'm. I live in Seattle. I'm Jesse's girlfriend. I guess that's sort of a thing. Um, what? I, <laughs> no one told me this before we started podcasting. <laughs> I should be brief. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. What? I've, I'm. I. I. I am a singer and an actor, and I. I teach. Um. At various schools. <laughs> I'm sorry, I scared you. And I'm a new. I, I will say this is relevant. I'm a new. I'm new to the world of sci-fi, but very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, you've been on my other podcast a couple times talking about your first experiences with things like Star Wars and yeah, Lost in Space, which I love. <laughs> Did you yeah. just not watch sci-fi stuff before? I really didn't, and yeah. it's so weird because I love it, and I uh, yeah, it, it's, it's also weird. very silly, so it's easy to be like. Uh, and also, the thing that happens sometimes when there's like a lot of stuff, and you're like, I haven't seen any of it. It's like anime. I'm like, oof. 
just not going to watch any of that. Right, right. Yeah. It's like I've overwhelming. Never, I've never really watched anime. Yeah, it's like I Gasp. haven't gotten into it. I'm into so much. It seems like it would yeah. be too hard. I can't to get, get into, into metal music thing. now. Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I gotta, I gotta focus on what I already love, and then <laughs> put on blinders to the rest of the amazing pop culture out there because I can't handle it. Yeah, it it's a lot. Over. Yeah, totally. And we're also joined for the first time by Andrew Lee Creech. This Welcome. is actually my third time. <laughs> Well, third time you've first time on, on Sci-Fi Trials. Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. Uh, yes, 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 absolutely. We we did a show together on my other podcast forever ago, like two years ago. Yes, yeah. When I was uh, in a production of Mr. Burns at yes, the theater, yeah, and that was so much fun. We talked about Brendan Fraser a lot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> a rich subject matter. Yeah, I've been like dying to have you back, and you were, you were also in the first episode of this show in an interview, right? Yes, the Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah, mm, but this is right. your first time as a panelist on Sci-Fi and Trials. Yes, yes, I'm very which excited. I know it all seems the same when you come over and sit on the couch and talk to me. It's definitely like no one else knows how <laughs> I'm arranging that except for me, and I'm like, this is your first time. You're like, I don't know, uh, but yeah, funny, I've been here. Yeah, we've yeah. done this before. Yeah, yeah it's just shout me. out to Brendan Fraser. Where are wherever you are? Yeah, we love you. Big up to you. <laughs> Where is he right now? I'm mad about think? Tom Cruise. I don't yeah. know. Should What's we tweet at him? It makes is me he so upset. Or is he done with dinner? So in in my <laughs> Facebook feed all the time, it pops up with that article like why no one will hire Brendan Fraser anymore. Oh, I, I see that those. all the time, and yep. it makes me so mad. I'm like, man. Well, why people, maybe they? he yeah. maybe he doesn't want to be hired. Who knows? Maybe he's doing something else. And I just can't imagine that nobody wants to hire him. I don't know. I will hire Brendan Fraser. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't right? pay much, but I will absolutely hire, hire Brendan Fraser to be in the movie. $15 an hour, minimum wage, right here. Brendan, where are you at? I we think, I mean, you know, we could scrape together at least 30 an hour Do you between. We all five on it. I got five. Do you think maybe yeah. Brendan Fraser will have like a, yeah, like a late career sort of like a, like a Bruce Campbell thing where he like, they start making mm. movies that are just about Brendan Fraser being around? Oh, that would be so and, great. Uh, Brendan Fraser stops and kills aliens or whatever. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. what I, I see. You know how actors of a certain age start to like get together and do the buddy, like growing <laughs> the, the buddy movies? It's like Morgan Freeman and yeah. and Jack Nicholson. They'll all like get together oh. and do like, oh, we're going yeah. to Vegas. Bunch, <laughs> like, old dudes in Vegas. Oh, like, like, who would you put oh, with Brendan Fraser? Like, oh. Grown ups or... I, I want to see Damon Wayans and Brendan Fraser. <gasps> Dude, nice. I would watch that. Maybe Keenan Ivory Wayans. Where's he at? Yeah. Yeah, where's he at? What about Brendan Fraser and then oh. the three main cast members of The Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss, Keanu Reeves, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. What do we call it? Ooh. <laughs> we'll have to think about that. My one. evening with Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a self, like, self-referential. Like, yeah, being John Three Matrixes and a Brendan. I think he's like a, yeah. cap, he's a captain of a moon base. <laughs> he's know. a captain, and then it's being attacked by uh, space lugs. Totally. Could it be called the Freightrix? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's not. It's a simulation. And then Brendan Fraser is in charge of it all. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Would you have a problem living in a world controlled by Brendan Fraser? I think we're living in that world. <laughs> <laughs> we're there already. That's what he's doing right now. That's why he's not working. He's busy controlling everything. Pull the strings. You know I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn myself here because I can't see Ryan. I keep looking over my head, and I just saw this other chair. I'm like, this is great. It's worked out great. Now we're nice. more of a circle. Sorry, yeah, I'm way over Now here. I can see everybody. This is nice. Oh, yeah. This is nice, guys. There's a nice, like, romance in the air. I'm, uh, I'm very, very pleased to see all of you, as well as to record this episode. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. 
So we are going to put two movies on trial at the same time. We've never done this before. It's kind of an experiment. But in this situation, I felt like it was, uh, shall we say, apropos. Because <laughs> these are two sequels that I, I really wanted to put on trial and I couldn't decide which. Because I'm really curious, you know, like how bad is the lasting impression of these two movies? Because mm. they were not that well received. I really wanted to go back and say, like, what is this on fresh eyes? Is this any good? So... Mm. I couldn't decide which one I wanted to see, so I just decided to do both. Well, so they were we shot at the same time. So yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, they came out six months apart. Yeah. Which it was so was weird. That fat, yeah, it was that fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I remember going to see them six months apart and being so excited for the second one, mm-hmm. and then like pretty excited for the third one, and then just pissed mm-hmm. after. And I just completely walked away from the Matrix series. I like washed my hands of it. <laughs> so coming back and like re-watching yeah. all these has been amazing. Uh yeah, I mean, I just want to hear... I mean, did everyone here rewatch them recently? Yeah, yeah I yes. just watched okay. them over the past couple days. Nice. I well, might have made dinner during part of it, but it's cool. It's a beautiful yeah. story of um, those big uh, robot E-frames everyone gets in with the guns, and when are they going to use them, and then the second movie, they do use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are pretty good. Well, let's go around There's the circle the real quick, thing. and uh, I'm just curious to hear everyone's reactions to watching the first film again, and how you felt about it now i mean i know andy just watched it for the first time so let's start with you actually because <laughs> yes. you just you just watched the matrix for the first time ever just like a week or two ago i did and how did it feel what'd you think it was awesome i i really liked the first one i um yeah i had not seen a movie like that before actually i feel like um the more action-packed type sci-fi movies um are not the ones well other than Star Wars but not the ones that I've I've been recently exposed to yeah it's filtering um, through my tastes in sci-fi which is very yeah. much like look at these people learn to get along right yeah, yeah. and like <laughs> uncover mysteries of the universe yeah totally which definitely happens in this but um but yeah in terms of this sort of fast-paced yeah action-packed sci-fi um this was one of the first movies I've seen like that so I was really into it um and I really loved uh the the speed that they filmed at, like using different speeds. Oh yeah, bullet time. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and showing it extremely slowly, but knowing that it's going incredibly quickly, and yeah, that was just a really cool um, thing that I'd never just, seen. Like, brand new. They like yeah, made yeah, yeah totally. Up. We'd yeah. never seen anything like that in 1999. How did it, no, so yeah. seeing it the first time in 2017? <laughs> do you feel like you'd seen something like it before? No, but that is also based on my limited exposure to movies that would incorporate that sort of thing anyway but yeah no it didn't feel like anything that i had seen before yeah um and it was really i thought it was really creative um and i thought the movie as a whole was very creative generally and i think as we talk more that was what got a little disappointing for me (laughs) um was in the sequels yeah yeah we'll we'll save that yeah we'll save it (laughs) Uh, but the first one i i really enjoy i mean if we were rating it i would give it a uh, it's out of four, right? Yeah. So I'd probably give it a, f- a four. Nice. I really liked it. Allison, how did you how did you feel about it? About the first movie? Yeah. Uh, so I, I remember the internet uh, teasers because I was fresh on the internet and it took forever for those weird, like, what is the Matrix things to load. So oh. I was super excited about that. And then I went and saw it with my friend at a theater that doesn't exist anymore. And I was completely gobsmacked if that is the word I could use and it was just it was so amazing watching it again because I hadn't watched the first movie in probably 
15 years. I still really, really enjoyed the first movie. Yeah. How about you, Andrew? Loved it. <laughs> Period. No, uh, I really, I was completely blown away. And I think it, you know, really shaped who I was to become. Wow. <laughs> no, tell me about that. No, you know, uh, so I grew up going back and forth between predominantly black schools and predominantly white schools and just kind of trying to figure out my identity the whole time in any given scenario. And I think when it was like when when the first Blade came out and when Matrix came out, I was the most confused man on the planet. <laughs> first Blade's still real, real good, I think. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I had this giant afro at the time, but I felt like Neo and I like it. So I, but I was like, mm. I should be Blade. So I had like this trench coat and I was going around like doing like karate and stuff. But then I had like an afro pick that I would throw like a weapon. I was just a very confused individual. And I think those those movies helped me see my way through. Nice. <laughs> Everyone looks very cool in those movies. Yeah. Yeah, sure. they're so it's, slick. Yeah. It's a, and it's a cool but also at the same time like in someone who you guys can build a ship but you can't make a blue shirt. There are Ryan, how do you shirts. feel about the the first movie? Go back to watch it. I remember liking the first movie as like a standalone movie, where I'm like, dude, now that guy is like a god of that world, and and it, it's a very big undertaking to fill in the space behind that because you, it's almost like more fun if you just leave that first movie by itself. Yeah, yeah, the first one's the first one was great. <laughs> and yeah, it, I, I think it made me more mad at the sequels, but now watching them, I was like, "There's they're kind of fun. They're yeah. stupid. There's parts that I don't <laughs> like, but there's some of it that's that's good." Yeah, the first movie. I mean, for me, like coming back and watching it for the first time in a long time, I was really like shocked by how good it was. I I loved it so much. I mean, I loved it so much as yeah. a kid, and I'm kind of embarrassed for having just like walked away from it because I didn't like the sequels so much. Uh, and then I watched the sequels again. I was like, "Fuck, that was why. That's why I walked away from this because yeah. it, you know." Well, we'll get into this, but I feel like I feel like these sequels kind of change the way you look at the first movie in a negative light, and I think that that's frustrating. But we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. So let's get into the trial. We're going to do this in uh, two big sections. The first is opening arguments, mm-hmm. where we're going to go around the table and everyone's going to rate both movies. Instead of using points tonight, we're going to use something called Neos. So you can <laughs> award uh, zero to four Neos, zero to, four Neos. to each film. And just give me a short reason why you're giving that re- that rating to each film. And can the logo, the image that people see when they think of what a Neo looks like, is him exploding from one of his super jumps? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> him like that's a- on the that's on the front face of a of a Neo Bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with one Andrew. Out, one out of four. Uh, you can you can go zero if you want to. Zero to four. A zero to four. Yeah, per movie. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cold. Andrew, what do you think? Matrix Reloaded. Two and a half Neos. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like. It starts off really nicely. It kind of drops us back into the world and reminds people who were familiar with The Matrix and loved the first one why they loved that movie Yeah, at the beginning. <laughs> and then there's just this long, laborious sort of uh, middle part that stretches, you know, the length of a Bible. <laughs> and, and just really, it starts to feel like it was crafted by um, video game designers. And, you know, it's like, mm. we have to give this much exposition to get to the next uh-huh, fight. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. You know, as opposed to really letting the fighting come out of the story or letting the story mm-hmm. build upon itself. Um, 
so it just felt really long and then kind of forgot where it was coming from and then threw in a bunch of existential and philosophical discussion, which I, 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 I didn't really dig. Um, so that's, that's Matrix Reloaded for me. And I think CGI was an overly ambitious <laughs> thing. Yeah. Like, it was amazing what they did. And from my understanding, they, they crafted even, even newer technology to accommodate that burly brawl. Um, but it still felt um, a little too much for me. Matrix Revolutions, I gotta say three. I gotta say really? three Neos. Wow. I, like, I like Matrix Revolutions. Oh, wow. And the reason I like it is because to me there's less fight there's less action and it feels like it's getting back to the story itself. There's so many plot points that have to be wrapped up that it it has to pay attention to the story and it just felt like it was a slower paced movie and not as action packed. Um but I really enjoyed that and I appreciated sort of the emotional highs and lows, you know, Neo losing his eyes was like a huge thing for me. I in, my, in the first viewing and even in this next viewing as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I I don't know. I like that one I like that one better than the second one. Hmm. Interesting. That's not a that's not an opinion I hear often. I'm glad you're here with that opinion. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cuz it was actually really hard to find people with differing opinions about these movies. And we'll get into this a little uh, a little bit later too, but I just feel like some of the discussions that um some of the questions that the third film raises feels like um important. <laughs> and mm. even even today and at the time it was created as well. Interesting. Um, so I just really enjoy that. Oh. Cool. Well, yeah. three neos for the second film from Andrew. Uh Allison, what about you? I'm probably very similar uh, to Andrew on this because I remember liking the second one better than the third one. But upon rewatching it, I like the third one better than the second one. Really? Yeah. I I changed my opinion. Uh, I'm going to give Reloaded 2 and Revolutions. I'm going to give it two and a half. I can't quite give it a three because there's still a lot of problems I have with it. But... It's it's slightly better. Awesome, Andy. How about you? I've been thinking of about it, and I think a, a two and a half is fair for Reloaded. Um, and uh, I just what I really liked about it was, um, yeah, I think it did a really smooth job of transitioning from the first one into the second one. It starts with all the kind of action you want and we're right there with the with the characters we left off with and what I actually really enjoyed is how um, the way that it came to a close um, how we learn about there's been these different iterations of the Matrix and you're talking about the ending of the second the ending of the second movie yeah I actually really liked that idea that there had been that the one is something that actually has to exist for the Matrix to function and yeah it's like another part of this system of control right and the role of choice and I just I really enjoyed that idea and the way that they explored that or started to and then I was sort of disappointed because I didn't feel like I learned enough about it in the set. I felt like I finished the second movie really wanting to know more about that structure mm-hmm. and didn't mm-hmm. get quite the answers I wanted in the third yeah. movie about that. The third movie is more about breaking that structure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I had some, I mean, the Oracle is my favorite character. And so, <laughs> of course, that really tainted the third movie for me because I just, I... Well, I have a whole thing about this, which should I even get into it now or is that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like I get, so that actress 
something happened where she, they couldn't the, cast her the, again. Or, the original Oracle she passed died. away. Okay, so that's had what to, I thought. They had yeah. to recast her. So, which, you know, that happened and they that was really, they did need to recast her. Um, but I felt like recasting her, the way they did it, it made it almost feel like they were just replacing the that character. And I kind of feel like if they were going to do something else, like maybe she's a child or maybe mm. she, like, I think like... It's really clunky. I love yeah, that idea. Make a like, radically make her a different child. choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, also, a, like the idea of someone's residual self-image, that which they yeah, set up in the first movie, yeah. that how you look in the Matrix is your residual self-image. I guess that's different because the the Oracle ends up being a machine anyway. Well, but, yeah, I feel yeah, like she was yeah. never. Well, I don't she know. And then her, so, but yeah, yeah, do machines have residual self-image? Probably. They might. These that's machines a good point. probably do. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, I have I had a different read on that, and it's very mm. interesting to hear your read as well on the Oracle because I felt that way the first time I watched it because I, yeah. I knew I knew what had happened afterwards. I was like, oh my god, why is this a different person? Yeah. And then they wrote it in that way. Oh, um, and from my understanding, it's the Merovingian destroyed her and she found a way back in a new form is that is that's that, they kind yeah. of they kind of hinted that, that right yeah oh she failed to do so, shell <laughs> i yeah, almost yeah it was like oh it's like a doctor who thing right. that's what she i was can come back yeah. she regenerated her programs can be deleted but then come back so yeah. it's like her software went into a new like shell program or something right. like physical but, program yes what really saved that mm. saved that plot device for me though was kind of just thinking about the world that the Matrix has created and just this idea that for me, these stories are essentially about what it is to be human mm-hmm. and how all of these characters kind of deal with, you know, Trinity is dealing with like this hardcore love and you've got all these other characters dealing with stakes through the roof, but are all rooted in what it is to be human. Yeah. And where I came at it with the Oracle was like, what does it look like when someone is completely destroyed and loses everything and then has to rebuild themselves mm. hmm. into a, into something that they once were? And right. so when that scene in Matrix Revolutions with the new actor, when she says, you know, I don't we don't have the all the answers to everything, but I still love candy. Like to yeah. me, that like solidified that idea because it's it's this person I guess it's program in this instance, but yeah. it could could very well be a person of like I, I've been devastated by something, and I when I look in the mirror, I don't recognize that face anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I do know that I still like candy. Yeah, and that's yeah. a place to start. That's yeah. how it felt like a Doctor Who thing, where it's yeah. like I have yeah. the memories. I'm not the same person that right. I was before. Yeah, but I'm kind of trying to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's parts of me that make me me. Totally. And I, I do. I love the idea of I love the idea of recasting the Oracle, like keeping it the same character. I think I but like looking in the mirror and seeing someone different. I think it would have been almost interesting if it had been someone of a different age or, you know, I mean, different gender or, yeah. you know, I, they, they are yeah. similar looking actresses. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But then the interesting point about does she have a self image? Does she have a memory but then it's almost like well if you're really going down that road wouldn't she just come back looking the exact same if if she's trying to recreate the same self image yeah you know so i don't know i mean it is so, a tricky so you thing got, you to got do. a little stuck on that i think also it was just hard because i really loved 
the first actress right. that played there. She yeah. had she's this really calm good. about her. Mm-hmm. She's so Dumbledore. Oh my gosh. Was, totally. yep. She's so Richard original Harris. Dumbledore. Totally. Richard Harris. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, yeah. Richard Harris. Totally. Such a cooler number. I know Richard Harris. Harris. Dumbledore. I know Michael Gambon. Dumbledore. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing in toys, but he's not the best Dumbledore. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and it's a problem. And what's the other guy's name? Uh, Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon. Yeah. He's great. Oh yeah, he's great. He's fine. I actually, I really like him in by the seventh movie. I think once, once J.K. Rowling. Announced that Dumbledore was gay, and he incorporated that into his performance. I felt like it really improved, but I mean, Richard Harris Richard all the way. Harris. He was so mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, MacArthur so Park. you guys mean, ever heard that song, MacArthur Park? I, yeah. I'm sure it. I've heard it's it. It's Richard Harris singing yes. about a cake. Melting. Oh wow! <laughs> Somebody left a cake out in the rain. I had a vinyl record of Richard Harris music. It was, was on kid. there. Yeah, probably. I don't. I don't think I ever even listened Carthus to it. I just remember Park owning it because it was like in my parents' closet, and I stole it. All the sweet, all the sweet cream icing running down. <laughs> Someone left the cake out in the rain. Yep. Anyway, the Matrix. Beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can all agree that Richard Harris was a great man. There's a lot of rain in the Matrix. Great. Yeah, but there a lot is. of rain. Uh, well, so, Andy, what about kind of thing? But yeah, it, it is sort of like the Doctor, where like it, right, like I, I. I like that that it's some sort of trauma has happened. Yeah, and she's like, I know, like I'm gonna keep getting killed by these agents, and I keep coming back as, but this time as a white man every time, which is still a whole other issue with the Doctor. Doctor But yeah, yeah, Yeah. but that's changing, which is great. We're getting a woman, (laughs) but it's a similar thing where it's like that's what I was before. It's what I'm used to. I don't want to be not a white guy, right? Right? right. Yeah, I do really like your idea of it being a child. Uh, yeah, there's something about that and like that the, the well, program that? coming who's back the into a new body that's younger I think who's is really k- interesting and have to get back to that point in age again hmm. who's the kid who's Satya Satya yeah oh and I love that She's, character yeah. okay but I, and see there's there's things about the the Matrix movies that I I like that they I, I, that I, I I'm mad that they don't get more into and, yeah. and one yes. of the things yeah. I thought yeah. was cool was the idea of a family of programs. Oh. Yeah. yeah, two like, programs oh, yes. can have a baby program. And they're like, oh, I have this good program. Mm-hmm. I'm a good program. I have a good job as a program. <laughs> yeah. My wife also has like a good, she's, she's a good, good program job person. She's a she's user She's a program interface. and the program is her job, whatever. And then we have a kid together and yeah, she hangs yeah. out with the Oracle. I miss, maybe I miss part of why... She was hanging out with the Oracle making cookies. She got sent there. Yeah. She very, was sent there. Because yeah. they, they were trying to smuggle Sati out. Yeah. Right? On the train. Okay. The, the train yeah. man's train. The, the train man's yeah. train. Was mm-hmm. But that the, was the gyro captain. Gyro captain from Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, how many, uh, how many Neos would you give the so third I'm movie? So I'm giving the third movie one and a half Neos. One and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were, and you were saying about about the second actress who played the Oracle. What were you going to say about how you felt about that versus the first one? Oh, I just felt um, she had a totally different essence about her. Like uh, she 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 definitely had something special that was her own, but that like calm sense of power mm. just wasn't quite there as convincingly as I felt with the first actress. So yeah. that was sort of a hard... And, and that was your favorite character, so it, that's something... Yeah. That's like a knock against the third movie. Totally, just which isn't anybody's it, yeah. real fault. But um, yeah. but yeah, and I mean, I had it's a few Cancer's other... Fault. Yeah, yeah, it's just well, one of those unfortunate yeah, things, you know. Shitty. I mean, like you know, totally. Carrie Fisher passed away, and she won't be in the right. the third Star Wars movie, and that's just one of those yeah. things. It's like, man, that just sucks, mm, you know. Yeah, like, totally. It just sucks. But totally, but you have, yeah, you just have to deal with it somehow, and you know, th- and yeah. they chose to deal with it in this particular way. Yeah, and I also have a few issues around. Um, 
sort of the idea of Neo is the one that saves everybody on his own. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I know he's the one, and but I think that when we find out the one is sort of it's, a made-up yeah. thing, I'm not made up, but it's sort of a necessary, that he's able to rise above how the other ones were means that other people have that power. We've talked about this a little yeah. bit, but I just would have loved it if it had been everybody... I mean, everyone does play a role. I mean, you see them, like, fighting back. There could have been more, like, I need to fly my ship into the city. The only way I could do that is if you guys sacrifice this kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone else's struggle is structured around protecting Zion, which Mm -hmm. is very important. I can understand. And the ship getting back, which was a very cool part of the third one, Mm -hmm. where uh, uh, Naomi's... uh, no, she's like oh, the, yeah. the, the, yeah, the the maintenance the uh, line. No one can line. fly mechanical. Yeah, yeah. No, yes, no one can fly yes, mechanical. Right, yeah, right. That's Damn, that cool. woman can drive. My, yeah, my favorite part <laughs> of that whole back half of that movie is that part and uh, the two uh, infantry uh, uh, troops with the uh, uh, rocket launchers shooting oh, the rocket yeah. launchers. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, very cool. And as that well. other lady that's like the lady from aliens. Oh yeah. But it is sort of, he's just on like a separate mission yeah. to go yeah. do that. And there could have been a way to raise the stakes yeah. to be like, to kind of hinge those things together in a way yeah, where it was definitely. like, we have to make a distraction or something or else there's no way Neo can just yes. fly his ship right into the middle of the city somehow, which he just does. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all, you know, he needs, they make it, he needs um, Trinity there. Yeah. Right. Right. Right, because he's blind. So, so Andy, yeah. you found it disappointing that he was kind of, the way that they presented him being the one in the third movie. Was yeah, disappointing. it was very white saviory to me a little bit. The one. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I also, I mean, and I don't know, Keanu Reeves is. I shouldn't say white, but lights. Someone of light skin that is male that is like ultimately the reason everyone lives yeah. and saves right, the day is like right. you know, and and I, they did show um, lots of people helping in different ways. But I agree that it, it felt like oh that's all good, but this is the reason that like when he's yet running when that um, kid is running down and being like we're saved, he did it, he right. did it. It's like Which well seemed premature because yeah. the, <laughs> the machines had just turned around ever so briefly, and he was like the war's yeah. over, everyone. Yeah, it's so the true. war's over. Yeah. What if they just come back in a second? Do you know? Yeah. Just immediately well, gun yeah. down. Right. Yeah. Stand down. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what? Uh, how many news would you give the two films? Yeah, I don't know. Now it it it, it does seem like at, at a certain point I liked the second one more than the third one because I don't know why. I don't know why. Now it seems like they're just one big movie, and I would give it <laughs> like three neos. For the for both of them, yeah, three, three <laughs> neos each or a total, <laughs> like one point five each or three. Oh each. no, oh no, both three, both cool, three. six neos. So for you, they're like one long experience that is of a three value. Now it does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I felt like I liked about this second one more. Um, you know the. What happens in the second one? It's confusing. Lots of now pets. it seems like yes. there's the uh, there's this like uh, the fight on the on this on the uh, tr- on the top of the truck. With, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that the long chase fight. scene that never um, ends. <laughs> it was so long. So then you get long. to Zion, and there's a lot of like, you know, they kind of try to make you care about some of the people that live there and stuff. 
I don't like the kid Mouse. He's just an older guy who's trying too much to sound like a kid. Mm. And he, <laughs> God, his golly, name is just Mio. Kid. Yeah, God, golly, G Willikers, it sure is hard down here with the machines. I can carry your bags if you want me to. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I know when when he was talking to Captain Mufuni and and was like, "I'm 18," and Captain Mufuni's like, "I believe 16." It's like, "I'm I'm 16." I shouted at my TV, "Bullshit!" That kid's 23, 25 at least. He's going, "Gosh, oh boy." Yeah. Um. Nice. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they're both. I don't know what about the third one made me. Seem to like it less, but now that I think about it, they're both they're both kind of this one long movie with two chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to see I, them I use that. those gun yeah. guys. The fact that they're made at the same time and released so close together also made it feel like that sure. to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's how they were first presented to me was as yeah. a pair. It's like yeah. Back to the Future two and three, totally. Mm-hmm. But yeah. ooh, there they're clear. Clearly, second one's better. Clearly, we've talked about this. We have, yeah, yeah. 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 at length. <laughs> uh, so for me, I. For The Matrix Reloaded, I was so excited to see it, and I was so in love with the world of The Matrix, and the reason I loved it is because it gave you an alternative explanation for our reality, Mm -hmm. which was that we're all hacked into The Matrix. And the second movie, for the most part, kept that intact, and added on to that and said, beyond that, like this idea of the one is also a lie. It's a system of control. We built that into The Matrix. It's such a crazy twist. And for all of the second movie's faults, I really dug that. Like I was really into that. And I know that the 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 architect is a ridiculous character. But a, a lot of what he says is really interesting. Like I, the, the, the script is bad, you know? Like I don't need to hear concurrently yeah. and like uh, right, right. all that yeah, shit. Go. Uh, concordantly, I believe in, it was. I, I, yeah, they tried to It sounded like people of middling intelligence trying to write like they were a hyper intelligent machine. That's you what know? okay, that's yeah. what yeah, that's what There's I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 But a lot of what he says is really interesting. Sorry, Andrew, what were you gonna say? No, that's exactly what I was going to say. There, <laughs> yeah, like, like there were so many, movies. like, it, it was like a um, freshman philosophy major. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> my thesis. There are, yeah. there are reasons I, like, very things. basic. Yeah. Like, things have uh, yeah, causes. That, this sums up the problem pain. with the second movie is that it lacked this sense of a level of taste that the first movie seemed to have. Yeah. Uh, and the second movie didn't break the world for me, but it... I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I liked the action just fine, but, I mean, fighting off a million Smiths and having uh, CG Neos and CG yeah, Smiths fighting, I'm just, uh, I'm bored by that. It I just kind of looks do so like that weird. One, the, the fight with a lot of Smiths is pretty cool. It's, I like, it's like funny and it. fun to a point, the night of but too many Smiths. As soon, yeah. as soon as they get that CG Neo, I'm out. It's oh, just yeah. so yes. bad. It is like, well, that, as soon as he picks yeah. up that rod. Yeah, like, totally. Pull, that yeah. pole. Ugh. And then, he, at one point, he knocks a Smith into 50 Smiths, and you you literally hear bowling pins. I'm like, it's farce. It's farce at this point. I heard bowling pins in the third movie also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So my problems with the second movie are all in execution where like, I feel like I wish they had gone with that sort of like lo-fi grit of the first movie that just works so brilliantly. But I really, I mean, it doesn't like really upset me that much, those things, because I really do like the story overall. As little as there is in the second movie, I think it's cool. So I'm going to give that one two and a half stars. Uh, for the third movie, uh, oh, excuse me, thank you. Come on. Uh, do you think that I'm going to give that two and a half neos? Do you think me. that the, they could have in any way just stopped at the second movie and been like, "That's that's the end"? No, 
No. How did it end? No, the no. wave, not the I cliffhanger mean, end. Yeah, right. I think, so. I think that Neo... that only works as the second of three movies. The way they ended that. Yeah, because yeah. the because the weird like he can control shit outside of the matrix, which. Oh, yeah. I had so but many the theories. First one yeah. ended with just he could right. fly, and that's still impressive. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but and he's the in the matrix. He's in the matrix. Just, his, yeah. and you're like, ooh, he can he can kill the machines. But maybe we just think about how that could look and not actually do it. No, you yeah. have to explain. But that. see, like well, the to. last like yeah. five minutes, maybe even the last forty five seconds of Matrix Reloaded, we're just like, okay, so what? this is yeah. that's true. It's yeah, to, really yeah. I, the the whole pulling the Smith out into a body storyline was oh, boring was, to me. Yeah, I, I just bullshit. didn't need him to fight that many Smiths. I didn't yeah. need okay. there to be like a billion Smiths inside but, the Matrix and one outside the Matrix. Who's how could just he some have actor people? doing an impersonation yeah. of Although, Hugo Weaving? I don't want to say that guy was. He did pretty good. I'm not yeah. general consensus. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like, need that. And how story. much fun would that be? Just like, you just want me yeah. to do Hugo Weaving? Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Just do that. Oh, I'll yeah. fucking that do, I'll really do it all day. So I, I really struggle with the third movie. And uh, I'm, I'm really interested to hear Andrew's points of view on this because I'm, I'm hoping to soften some of mine because I feel pretty strongly that, uh, that the third movie just is just so disappointing. You know, for me it's just so disappointing because I I don't really like the idea of the one being this like single savior. I think that's mm-hmm. like something Andy mm-hmm. was touching on. Yeah. Like the first movie makes it clear that you just have to open your mind to become the one, you know? And I'm just always waiting for that moment where Neo discovers that everyone can do that and then that's how they fight the machines. Like that's what I just really deeply wanted Mm. from that yeah. uh, because I'm just not that into this savior idea where this one person who was born to do this is the only one who can. Mm -hmm. I Narratively, that kind of bores me a little bit. You know, it's like there's no tension. Mm -hmm. He's going to succeed because he's the one who was born to do it. For me, like the powers of the one I was really hoping would at some point be available to everyone. Like, I don't know. There's so many examples of that happening and I think it's such a satisfying idea. Uh, What I don't think is satisfying is the idea that, you know, Neo in letting Smith take him over, defeats him, you know? Because he's just born with something that defeats Smith. He is the one. He is the savior. Uh, and they actually show Christ imagery. I mean, they show a mm-hmm. cross, and they show, like, uh, angel wings uh, yeah. when when mm-hmm. Neo is taken into the machine. And I'm Jewish, and I, I found that moment to be a little off-putting because right. uh, it made me feel like, all three movies were trying to be a Christian allegory in a way that made me a little bit uncomfortable as someone who's outside of that faith. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so that's something I really struggle with in the third movie sure. also. And it really makes me question uh, everything that I liked about the first two because if someone's trying to convince me of a religious idea that I don't hold inside of a story, like that's something that I don't necessarily want to like... That's not something that I necessarily would like. You know right. what I mean? And that's what mm-hmm. I almost feel like is being done here. Uh, especially because there was so many interesting references to world religions in the first two movies. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, Like, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism, and there was yeah. all this really great stuff about opening your mind, and reality There's... is not what you think it is. Right, But right. then, but it, it all comes down to a Christ figure saving you in the end. Mm-hmm. And, and that, to me, feels like an agenda, and yeah. it makes me uncomfortable, and I'm not crazy about it. So, I, a, but, <laughs> sorry. No, there's a strange vein of this sort of, like, a, a pseudo-religious science fiction which it right. has always yeah. kind of been around i think prevalent through 
books and, and things like that, but it, it comes out every once in a while. And in, in stuff like this, it's very strange. Sometimes it's a little off-putting. Uh, yeah. And the like the Ridley Scott, the new Alien movies, where there's a whole bunch of stuff about faith and God, and you're like, I don't understand what it has to do with aliens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's I love I sci-fi stories about faith and God. You know, I think that sure. can be done interestingly. I think it's just so often just not. You know, yeah. I, th- I think it's so often put in there as an agenda, as a way to try to subversively change someone's ideas to something that is on their agenda. I think Battlefield Earth is a great example of that. Uh, and it can I, be something I, like a American Gods, Neil Gaiman, where it's like kind of a deconstruction of yeah. what, what gods are. Yeah, and I, I'm totally a hypocrite, though, because <laughs> like like, I, kind of I love Star Trek, and that has this way of like trying to change people's minds towards science and that's this yeah. mindset that I believe in so I don't have a problem with that. Uh, so right, in yeah. that in that way like if someone if so someone likes really this part mindset, though, you know, it's kind of like just it's real. Yeah, I mean I believe that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I guess sure. some people don't believe in science that's, but yeah, yeah. but that's a whole debate science. that we don't Wars. have time to get into. Star Wars yeah, with the force, Wars, I, mean, totally. I mean that has some sort of I, the, that's why I like the force being accessible to everyone because when you start to say that it's only accessible to people who are born with it, it defeats the purpose of the message in my mind yeah Yeah. so so i feel like the matrix defeated the purpose of its own metrics of its own message of freeing your mind of opening yourself like uh, everyone can achieve these amazing things once you realize to pull the the shackles off of your mind it's so cool and they just kind of like break it to me so i'm giving i'm giving the third movie uh well i was gonna give it one neo but now i've talked myself into like a half neo (laughs) um Whoa! <laughs> yeah, but the, so you the things I like about yourself. it though are pretty powerful. Like I, Neo losing his eyes is so intense. Cool. Yeah, and really freaked me out, and I'm so upset by it until he gains this like machine sight moments later. He and turns that, into in the real world. In the real world, that uh, moment is powerful. It's like yeah. something from the machine world has become a part of him, so he can see machines. He can see the machine energy in the real world, even blind, and that's cool. You know, like that. That I think was pretty fucking sweet and I got chills in that moment and then when Neo's going into the machine city and the way he sees that I got total chills I mean I thought that those things visually were really cool ideas that were new and fresh and interesting for the series that developed on the whole idea of seeing the Matrix that they'd been playing with for the first two movies so I really like that stuff a lot Uh, there are moments between Trinity and Morpheus I'm sorry Trinity and Neo that I enjoy but god there's so many moments uh, that are so poorly written between them oh yeah, yeah. I, like the god the writing is yeah, like pretty it's, that's, hacky it's, you know it's, it's, it's like, hurts uh, it's not like Star Wars prequel bad it's not no. like it's not like a, a it's pretty close to it's that close. it's pretty damn there close there are some to moments it. close where it's like love and that's what makes me be able to do what I can do. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Six hours I ago, I said I was ready to die for you. You know what's changed in six hours? Nothing. 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 Uh, terrible. <laughs> you could have just said nothing. <laughs> like, I know remembered that because that's one yes. of the worst moments. So well, and then yes. like, I and I think about like on the rewatch, I'm sitting well, he here in the comfort of my it. own home, going, "Oh, that's bad." And then like, I got this flashback of like, what would that look like on a 30 foot screen? <laughs> oh <my laughs> like, totally. it's the most like. Oh, we're trying to be romantic. No, this is terrible. You know what happens yeah. to a frog, to a toad yeah. when it gets struck by lightning. <laughs> Same thing that happens to everything else. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. just like, come Wait, on. what? And, and the first movie seemed like it rode this beautiful line of talking in this crazy sort of exaggerated language that is fucking great. Like, yeah. it just totally worked. Morpheus, yeah. I mean, Lawrence Fishburne just 
kills that part. Yeah, he really, every he moment really he's on does. screen, yeah. he like makes yeah. you believe. Like uh, but, everything he says <laughs> is so crazy, and he makes it sound so good. But yeah. then they just lose that in the but second. Then yeah. like, then there's like half a dozen people standing around having like an exposition meeting, and they're all <laughs> talking like that and all wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. like, right. I don't no. get it. Why does they? Yeah. Yeah. Why God they bless all? Jada Pinkett. <laughs> she like she rocks it and every scene she's in she's like totally there yeah but she's just got nothing to work with like it's just like i'm just gonna stand here look cool say these lines really cool yeah Yeah. leather upgrades it's damn damn morpheus yeah you're never gonna change i think i think i've talked myself into a 0.5 neo for for the first one we've helped i also i also just don't care for the zion stuff like the battle for zion i think is so they don't make long. You care about it. It's they don't make you they care about. It. There's no characters anything. there that yeah. you're invested in, and yeah. it's so long. Show them having and lunch. And it's so medieval. <laughs> it's so like Lord of the Rings ish, and I mean even like uh, down to the inspiring that. speech. And they had this opportunity to do something <laughs> crazy unique, you know. And they just remade a Lord of the Rings battle. <laughs> see the speech that the is it the what's the name? Mafuni. Yeah, he yeah. gives. It's one of the mm-hmm. worst speeches. Like I know. A lot of us are gonna die, <laughs> but <laughs> we're, gonna we're die, all gonna die, which we are <laughs> definitely gonna die. <laughs> Let's make the most of it. Huh? <laughs> okay, right? Let's kill them too. I will say Give though, I think that maybe why don't we try um, to survive a little bit? <laughs> Morpheus's speech in Matrix Reloaded to Zion is uh-huh. the worst. For oh, me. it's pretty so, bad. Like oh, even I even he's and I love him room. as an actor, yeah. Yeah. but he literally for one hundred years oh, they have God. sent our armies <laughs> yeah. to them. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's <laughs> so bad. We are not ever like the, oh, that God, moment in the movie. Please. I feel like I'm watching like friends from high school who have show, showing me something they made. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You're doing no, good work. I, you I would did. adjust this a little bit, but I like where you're going with it. You know, This is a rough draft of this, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> I mean, okay, so at the end of opening arguments, uh, out of a possible 20... Yes. Out of a possible 20 Neos, uh, Matrix Reloaded currently has 12.5 and Revolutions has 10.5. Hi, this is Paula. Well, I watched Reloaded and I watched Revolutions for the second time since they came out in 2003. And I gotta say, without rewatching The Matrix, I was kind of lost as to what was going on when the first one started. The two movies seem to be part one and part two of the same movie, but the beginning points and ending points were really confusing. I loved the costumes. I loved the set design. I like the car chases, but I thought it was more of an action movie than a sci-fi movie. The biggest issue with the movie for me was the sound. The voices were so low that I couldn't understand what was being said, and if I turned the sound up to the point where I could understand the people, when the effects came through, it was just deafening. So I found it was easier for me to watch the show on mute and just read the lines rather than try and hear what was going on without getting my eardrums blown out. That's about it. Thanks. I really like these sequels. So the, the original Matrix movie, uh, Neo's the one. Great. Reloaded asked the question, so now what? Right, he's got this limitless power, essentially, 
and he still doesn't know what to do with it. Nobody knows what he's actually supposed to do. Nobody knows what the destruction of the Matrix means. It's this answer to a question that doesn't typically get asked in action movies. It's like, okay, the hero won, so now what? I think both of the sequels suffered from like studio interference. And I think the reason some of the special effects don't look great is because they weren't done. Because they got forced to release the movie before it was actually ready. So like they had to rush like the rendering, especially on that that big boss battle uh, with all the Smiths in the in the playground. Like, uh, I think if they had more time to like render out the scenes, it would have looked a lot better. But like, they just continued to push the envelope with uh, the special effects and like action movie sequences. Like that movie was bonkers. Like they took bullet time to like the nth degree. That fucking highway scene is incredible like they built a quarter mile highway like for this fucking scene i think the idea of uh bane or like how smith is now able to infect actual humans in the real world like this is like i don't know he's like a serious fucking threat like he's such a great villain i think a big complaint about revolutions was that too little of it took place in the matrix but like by that point in the in the story it's not about the simulated world anymore it's about like the humans and their struggle and what they're going through and then neo realizing that nothing's gonna get solved by one group destroying the other they need each other like the like the elder says like where they're talking about like the the water filtration system like i don't know why it exists but i know its purpose like we need these machines just as much as they need us my favorite line ever in any movie uh it's great because it's just like it's uh, it's this subtle world building line is when the general says to that little ki- the, the kid with the shaved head he's like what's some pod born pencil neck doing serving in my core <laughs> just like I love that there's discrimination against people who were born in the matrix pods versus people who were born uh, like naturally I've I've uh, accused people of being pod born pencil necks. <laughs> so confused looks I thought like Trinity dying was really impactful like one of the few times where like I thought Keanu Reeves really brought it as an actor it was like him mourning the loss of, of, of Trinity I love the special effects of like the world that Neo sees after he's blinded how like all the machines are like orange and glowing I thought that was a really cool visual touch uh, the first time I saw the movie I was super high on mushrooms uh, and I think that's part of the reason why I think I like it. And, like, it's a good memory of seeing it. I took, like, an eighth of mushrooms before seeing it. And, like, everybody's faces were just, like, wiggling <laughs> the whole time. And I, I would have to lean over to my friend and be like, is this, are these special effects or is it mushrooms? <laughs> like, just, like, when things started to get really strange. I don't think it's as satisfying of a movie as Reloaded but I can't quite put my finger on what I didn't quite like about it as much. I thought the final battle between Neo and Smith was a little much. Like, especially with the way it ends, I was just like, oh I'm just gonna give up. Like, I don't know, I feel like that revelation could have happened sooner in the fight or like I I get it, it's like the finale of this like epic spectacle uh, uh, of a trilogy Like, it just, like, I I got a little, like, action fatigue by the end of that movie. Both of the sequels, I like, and I think are way under... I I think the third one's underrated, but I think both are overall underrated. 
So we're going to go into our cross-examination. Uh, the film from this point can either gain up to 10 more Neos or lose up to 10 Neos. It's be very exciting. Is this the sequel you wanted? Uh, talking about each movie independently, does this add to... This, does this add to the franchise in a way that is satisfying to you? Do you enjoy where they went with it, or are you are you upset they didn't do something else? If it's the sequel you wanted to have, then you can add a Neo. You can add a bonus Neo. Yeah, this is like extra it was credit. The sequel that you thought it would be. Okay, for the second one, it wasn't not the sequel I wanted. It definitely fell short in a lot of ways. I really did dislike the addition um, of um, the CG. Yeah, and I feel like. It could have. I don't know. I'm also have a kind of controversial feeling that I I think people will disagree. A lot of people love. I think the thing they love about the Matrix movies and especially the fight scenes are the are the guns, like mm-hmm. those shootout scenes. But I really dislike it. Um, and not just because I, I like don't want to see guns. I just I felt like in a world where you have so much opportunity for creativity because there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Um. Guns just seem so boring. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, you could right. technically do that, maybe not with that many bullets that quickly, but in in the real world, like, I don't need to see someone shoot guns in a in a realm where I want to see people like walking on the ceiling and turning into ghosts and you know the things yeah. that they introduce. I feel like they could have gone even farther with that. And sometimes I and I also had a hard time suspending um, my belief about nobody getting shot. By right. all of those, you know, like certain moments, so I was like, many bullets. Somebody yeah. would have gotten when hit driving at some in the point. car, oh, yes. and those guys are yes. shooting that at their car scene. for like an hour. Yes. and a half. BMWs. No, 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 no. Somebody yeah. they have shot a thousand yeah. rounds into that Mercedes. <laughs> totally, totally. Give me a, give me a break. And the yeah. only one who gets shot is the keymaker. I love that guy. He was him. so he was my great. favorite character. I Long live so the keymaker. And you just he's yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. And I so yeah, so I think because of all of that, I I'm gonna add a half point to the second one. No points for the third. Well, oh shoot. <laughs> I mean, this is hard because <laughs> there were things that it did right. You know, I feel like yeah. it's not an absolute thing. I am going to add, <laughs> I'm taking it all back. Okay. Based on what I'm hearing about the third one that people enjoyed, I do agree with that. So I'm adding a point for the first one, a point for the second one, and a half a point for the third one. A whole point for Matrix Reloaded and half a point. Yeah, because I really liked the way the second one ended. Yeah, so I... Like, I can't have everything that I want. I can't have, like, realistic CG Neos. I'd rather they just did try with that sort of a thing and just do fights that can be filmed. But, but, I mean, overall, besides those quibbles and, like, stylistic things, the story continuation satisfied me. And I was really excited to see the third. So I'm going to give that one a point for being the sequel that I wanted to see. Uh, For the the third one, like, I'm I'm giving it no points for that. Because... Uh, the things that I like about it are vastly outweighed by things that I'm disappointed in and, and things that are on screen for really long periods of time, like the Battle of Zion that I'm not invested in. And so I just don't care about in the end. Uh, I'm, by the time that we got to you know Trinity's death, the first time I saw this, I didn't care. And I love Trinity. You know, like she's one of my favorite characters, but I was so like de-invested yeah. in the movie. Hmm. And even watching it again, um, I was more into it the second time for sure. I got a lot more out of Neo seeing the machines the second time than I did the first. And I was really into that. Mm-hmm. But still, when we got to Trinity's death, I, w- I cared. And then she started talking. I'm like, oh, 
It's I don't so care. weird. I don't care. Like, this dialogue is so bad yeah. on this, she, like, pivotal he, moment. First off, he can't see that she's hurt at all. Why? He's just like, oh, ever so beautiful, all the light I can see. And she's like, hey, I'm not doing so good. <laughs> yeah. And then she's got, okay, just put one bar through her. Nope. Why does she have eight yeah, and all pieces sloppy. of spiral rebar oh. just sticking all Am I shouting too much? She has four or five oh, pieces of rebar just protruding from her body, yeah. and they're all ten feet long. And she's like, hey, so we have some things I gotta talk about real quick before I, you know, pass on. But oh what is she even she's talking having about? Most, she's not like, oh. she's not like, ah. In oh, pain? Not like, Ew. No, She's way too little. calm about that. <laughs> She's yeah. not reacting at all. No, yeah. you're right. Oh, and God bless Carrie Ann Moss. She's nice. She seems nice. She's a great actress. But like, like I, what was she supposed to do scene. with that, you know? Yeah, that's, I don't know. No, I mean, all no, of these things combined, stupidly. like, the you're third right. one was definitely not what I wanted out of a sequel. It did not wrap up the story in a way that I found satisfying. And on top of that, it kind of broke the whole world for me, so I didn't want to, like, participate in the fandom after that. And... You know, I'm not I'm not feeling that harsh about it now when I come back and watch it. The first movie's so good that like I just I feel like I need to be watching it more often. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. But uh I mean as a sequel, Revolutions to me very disappointing. Mm-hmm. So no no points for its sequel quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Ryan, what do you think? The second one was no, none of them were. No points. Neither of them were. I didn't dis- I didn't want any sequels to this movie. I wanted <laughs> oh, really? just The Matrix. Interesting. Mm. If you left it just the Matrix, I would have been happy forever. Huh. And these yeah. second movies are, they're fun to revisit. Now they've been out so long that I have nostalgia for them, so I can kind of enjoy them. Even like the Smith fight, the CGI and stuff, I'm like, it, it makes me nostalgic for that time in movie making where things <laughs> looked like that, I guess. I don't mind it now. Then it was like, I don't know, it looked it looked cool. It's a, he's fought like a, a bunch of no points. Okay. <laughs> no points to either. Uh, no. How about Andrew? Um, I agree that I I didn't need any sequels for for the Matrix. I think it's a, a brilliant standalone film um, and wraps up really nicely. Yeah. Um, but there are sequels. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so um, I think that um, Reloaded wasn't necessarily the sequel I wanted, and it wasn't necessarily the sequel I didn't want. I think there. Uh, so I'm going to give it half a point. Nice. Um, because I just think that if there was like a 90-minute cut of Matrix Reloaded, I would like it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's just so much extra stuff in there that is off-putting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, just take out the Merovingian. There's a lot of, yeah, yeah there's a yeah. lot, you know, yeah. cut down. And I feel like they threw Lawrence Fishburne that, that semi-fight because they had nothing else for him, and he was so awesome in the first one. <laughs> they had to get, but, like, I just feel like there's too much in there that we didn't need and didn't add mm-hmm. to the world. But mm-hmm. I, but one of the things that I really appreciated about Matrix Reloaded is, is, that, is exactly what you're talking about, is that it added to the world and... When I say that, I mean they are placing these characters that we already know in increasingly more dangerous situations. Um, And it's the same world, but what's so fascinating is you get to sit there with the audience 
or as the audience and walk into a room with these characters and now all of a sudden people are walking on the ceiling and it's like it's the same world we know but the coding is different and they and you get to experience new coding mm-hmm. for these characters who don't know how to deal with that particular mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah so i think that's really cool again so it was just a really cool way to build it's really cool world building yeah. um but then there was unfortunately a lot of stuff that i didn't really dig and then um because there had to be a third one, I feel like this Revolutions was the sequel that I would want hmm. um, for the most part. So I'll give that a point. Tell me tell me more about that. Uh, well, sort of like I mentioned in the opening arguments, I feel like it really kind of um, was more stripped down than the second one. And yeah. I feel like they used CGI more intelligently. I guess my specific question is, uh, you mentioned the first part that there were some ideas that you really liked. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Um, well, uh, the the family of programs mm-hmm. um, that are waiting for the train man, I think, was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole conversation, all of that dialogue, was really fascinating to me, and especially being cast the way it was, because um, as we kind of mentioned earlier, like this is a post nine eleven, right? 99 was when the first Matrix came out, and mm-hmm. then these two films were shot back-to-back right just before 9-11 and after 9-11. Hmm. And to see a brown family on screen talking about love yeah. and talking about the issue and and trying to get their baby girl away from, you know, and trying to provide a better life and all of these things, I think was maybe, maybe not necessarily, maybe 9-11 didn't, have an impact on the filmmakers as they're making the films, mm-hmm. but it certainly had an impact impact on the audience and how these films were received. And I think yeah. to see that particular imagery on on screen at that time was really important. Mm-hmm. They came out in 2004, I believe. 2003. 2003, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would assume that, I mean, they started, I would assume that 9-11 would have impacted the productions. They started filming just before 9-11. Huh. Um, so, I, so I imagine they already had a script and had all that, but right. I don't know. So maybe like of, the final edit and reshoots, they could they right. could have, if there's something they wanted to change because of 9-11, they could have. Right, right. I guess. Right. But who knows? Um, but I agree with you completely. Like I mm. thought that was a really great choice. I, I had a hard time with the idea of the family of programs because they got so <laughs> human that I stopped feeling the distinction between the two. And I think that's intentional. I think that they want to kind of show the audience that this artificial intelligence is not that different from us. And like, we can learn to coexist and we may have to, uh, in order to survive, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, but I, I would have loved to have seen something, I don't know, either like a more intricate sci-fi explanation for how that family worked and like what it meant to be a family mm-hmm. uh, and what it meant for these characters to have emotions at all because that's like, you know, it's it's hinted at in the first movie, but it's just hate. It's just the, the agent program feels hate. Agent Smith right. feels hate. It's right. a strange but, scene to drop in there and kind of never... And not really address. Yeah, if, we're, if this is the enemy that we're fighting and they seem to have emotions and feelings... Uh, then I, I'd like to know more about that to make sure I'm on the right side. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. I, I totally hear that. I guess I I feel like Matrix Revolutions has more in common with the first film hmm. than the second one does. Yeah. And I kind of mentioned that earlier when I was talking about how that that franchise just feels to me like it's all about what it means to be human. So yeah. that's so when I talk about the Oracle struggle, when I talk about Trinity struggle, and then that family of programs, because... That just feels like, you know, especially when we're talking about things 
you know, hot button issues and, mm-hmm. and the national right. conversations we're having right now yeah. with, with immigration and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Like it is a way of like the matrix is going literally how what are all the ways that we as a society are becoming disconnected mm-hmm. we're becoming mm-hmm. disconnected um, technologically we're becoming disconnected politically and emotionally all of these different ways yeah. so to to try to take that family of programs and make them seem as human as possible and not necessarily comment on that so much but just let it be what it is and let you make the connection hmm. um, I think is kind of brilliant I like that and I do like that scene a lot. But I totally lot. hear yeah. you in that. You know, you're, you totally, like to- you're totally swaying me a little bit. Like, I, I do really like the dialogue of that scene, except I'm not sure that that character understands what karma is, but we don't need to get into that. Uh, but the whole idea of what's happening, I enjoyed, and the presentation of it, I enjoyed. My brain was like, does this make sense? And yeah. that, that part of my brain wouldn't show up, you know? Well, and then, and then the most, like, striking part of that scene was then when the train man comes out and wrecks Neo... And then that family gets the fuck on that train and literally just watches Neo as they, the, you know, it's, <laughs> it's literally going, you know, we have this connection, but hey, uh, you know, I got to protect my family. I got me. Yeah. 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 Do me. But you could see in the performance that he cared. You yeah. know, it's not like he didn't care. It's just they're, they are both mm-hmm. uh, slaves to this system that they are in. Exactly. And the train man is the only person who's pulling the, spr- the strings at that point. Although I would have totally cut the train man. I mean, I love the train station and I love the scene, but I would have found a different way to get that scene in there because... I, that I didn't need another villain on top of the Merovingian, which I didn't yeah. care for. You know, I don't know. Merovingian. <laughs> How do you say that? Merovin- the Merovingian. The, the, the Mero. Mero. According Mero- to my Vingian? subtitles. Merovingian. Yeah. Those are some of the scenes Mero- I chose. I chose, Mero- make, I chose to make dinner during. Yeah. Totally. totally. I, yeah. Uh, so, Allison, how about you for, uh, is this the sequels you wanted? Oh, jeez. So, since I had to have a sequel then yes the first the second one is is the one it's it's the it gets one point because it happened that's <laughs> <laughs> it happened and it doesn't and it raises a whole bunch of questions that gets you like excited for the third movie like so many questions that's like wow there's been there's been five other matrixes there's been five other you know iterations of the matrix it just starts back over um and then there's these leftover programs that have been around from the other ones so they have uh superpowers cool and at that point i and i might i don't know if i was alone in this thinking that zion was literally just another program that's why neo could control it outside of that Right, hmm. which is why I've never thought about that. Oh, you never. Okay, no. so I re- I clearly remember having this very long conversation on the way back from the movie theater to the bus with my with my friend, talking about it like, huh. oh, obviously Zion's just another level of the Matrix. It's huh. like, Whoa. I mean, I've this is never pre considered that. This is pre Inception. Uh, Interesting thoughts. idea. And well, I always thought, perfect sense. Yeah, because he's yeah. like, well, why does he have powers? Why would he have powers outside of the Matrix? If it's the real world, you can control yeah. a computer program. The only problem inside. with that theory is that at the end, 
the Oracle is talking to the architect. They're both machines. Yeah. And the architect says that they will be freed. Uh, referring oh, to the yeah, people no, that no. want to be Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I out. know they make... By the third movie, they make that all bullshit. Oh, I it's see. I see what no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. After the second the movie. Sure. Second movie. Oh, I'm with you now. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's the third, but yeah. By oh, the third movie. I was thinking so, about that differently. Okay, no, no I'm no. with you. That's, but, so, so after the second one, you thought that that was yeah. the case. That's, and you're like, oh, if you're the architect. And that's really that's really cool, actually. I really like that idea. Holy shit, what a great idea. Because if you're the architect, you're like, yeah, we'll let, we'll let people wake up from the first level of the Matrix yeah. and right into their shitty second level where they're all stuck in one little city. Yeah, because it's way less work and energy expenditure to just keep another simulation running got like versus actually fighting them for real and wasting robot power. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so, so many robots. So you gave a point yeah. to the first movie. What about the second movie? Uh, so then the second, then the third movie. I'm sorry, I keep saying that. I know. So It's the very confusing for everyone. <laughs> By the time the third movie comes out, um, I'm going to. Uh, yes, they make Neo into a Christ figure, but then I literally, like, I went, like I said, I went down a very deep internet rabbit hole and I read a five to seven page essay about the second movie, about basically how they're taught, how Neo is then uh, there. It's very still tied into Buddhism with the architect being uh, Brahma and then. Neo's Krishna, hmm. and then uh, and then the uh, the oracles actually Shiva, or no Kali, she's Kali because yeah. she is the mother and she is the goddess of death and rebirth because she is always there to restart the next iteration of the Matrix. Well, hmm. Krishna and Christ are very. Similar. Uh, what yeah, about that too. what about the third movie? Uh, so as far as right. giving points not, to the third movie, oh, you're, I mean, you're in, not wrong. In that article, that. did it talk about the third oh, movie? Oh, he, the guy was. It was mostly just talking about the about the second one, and then he added little edits in there, um, where he was like, he he, he made a very big point uh, because I was not alone in that whole. Oh, the Zion is just another yeah. part of the Matrix, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he wrote this like everybody was stupid for thinking that. I knew it wasn't that case at all. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so and I actually got kind of mad about it because I I read it before I went to sleep, and then I woke up and read the rest of it, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. So um, this is and again written like I think the guy redid it in two thousand six. So yeah, he it's still well over ten years old. Um, so. As far as the third movie goes, for points, I'm going to give it a half point because at least it's sort of, it did end it. It ended it mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. very least. But I have, again, so many, so many, I have so many notes. <laughs> and uh, some of the things, uh, why is there a giant holy rave orgy in? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so. I know. I kind of liked that. No. I'm just going to say it. That's I, so no. you, though. But okay, also, here's the thing. No it's one like, had shoes. This whole society. No. I don't like the way it looks. I think it looks silly, but Tennis. I like the idea that the whole society is built on partying. I like the idea All that right. like this whole society gets together and they have these big announcements and then they celebrate together. Like I think that's kind of cool, you know? Guess, like yeah. we should do that. And it's just sure. this like balls to the wall, anything goes party. Literally, yes. I do think that they went like overboard with how it looked, but I, I liked the sentiment of it. I was confused by... I, we were talking about this a little earlier, but I was very confused by the fact that it 
Neo and Trinity were acting like they had never had they never had sex before. Also, were they not allowed to have sex on the ship? Like I wrote, yeah. no one has sex wait. like that. Right? No yeah. one has sex like that. Big ass ship. It's like That's sideways. Sex. It they're looked like boring. Having... Like they're not moving. <laughs> There's. It's very. I was sideways. making dinner during that part, but I remember it from years ago. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so does sex usually involve moving? Or <laughs> we'll talk about this. Later. I try to stay as still as possible. Yeah, it was just weird. It was. It was it, it, it. What it felt like was it felt like the movie trying to be sexy, as opposed huh. to the movie and, being. Well, sexy. they're trying. They they're like, well, clearly there's so much tension. We have to uh, show these two getting it on, and look <laughs> yeah. at all their plugs. You can see all the plugs in them. They're so you still... know that the love is real later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end of the first question, the Matrix Reloaded gained three point five points, and the Matrix Revolutions gained two point five points. In Reloaded, you have Neo, who's the one, and he's, again, he's got this limitless power. But, like, once he gets that title, he's still the same person, right? He doesn't know what to do. Like, nobody's, it's not like hit this button, punch this guy, and the system all goes away and everybody's free. Like, I like that the solution isn't black and white. You know, it's not, it's not destroy your enemy, so I thought that was surprising, and I really liked that. I liked that he ends up becoming, he ends up being revealed as a systemic anomaly. That like is just like, yeah, like you're an eventuality, because uh, uh, that's just how this math works. <laughs> like there, and and like uh, I like that the oracle oracle is revealed to be just like part of that system of control too. How it's like it is just like a system that's rigged against humans. Like it just have the, having the illusion of control. Uh, I think it's a really cool concept. Are Reloaded and Revolutions the sequels that I wanted to the original Matrix? I guess I'll answer that question by quoting Morpheus. Uh, what happened happened and couldn't have happened any other way. All right, well, let's move on. So the next question is, Does do the sequels make you like the first movie less? Does it detract from your enjoyment of the first movie? And if that's true, then you can take a point away for... Uh, either of the movies that, that did that to you. I'll say no. No points taken off because I still like the first movie. I think it could have been by itself. I think it, if it was just by itself, that would have been nice. But the second movies didn't change how you felt about the first one. the first one. No. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Andrew, what about you? I take a point off of Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> I And maybe y'all can help me with this, but... It, if what the architect says is accurate, there have been five previous iterations, and he and he says each time this is this will be the sixth time we've destroyed Zion, and we have become increasingly uh, efficient at it. Except this time, they totally are not efficient at it at all. Well, and then the thing that confuses me is if. Shouldn't the human race, entire human race, be wiped out from the very first time they destroyed Zion? Yeah. Like, there wouldn't be any more right? natural... You can save some, but that implies but no, you're bringing says, them out of the Matrix no, no, no. as opposed to them being natural-born Zion. He offers to him, you go through one door, you go to Trinity, you all go through this door, you go and you restart Zion with like a handful of people. people. Was it 23? 14 women, I think it 7 is. men. Yeah, it yeah. was very specific numbers. Yeah. 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 So it's like but you, have to be... he chooses to not be the one and just be 
the oldest guy in Zion, the new well, Zion. It's, it seems like the first <gasps> Matrix. What about the old guy? That's what I thought. So but they then, never pay so off then, with like, that. So then, like a councilman, an old councilman. They yeah, would never, have. They never pay off with that. He might be the one from before. But well, no, but they say that this society that was like in Zion, right? Uh, I think didn't they say years? at some point it was a hundred years <laughs> that the war had been going on? Yeah. Yeah. So this 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 so version of Zion is at least a hundred years old. Yeah. So if it's yeah. the sixth iteration of Zion, then it is at least six hundred years old. Yes. They keep so rebuilding. where yeah. where are more natural born Zion people? Well, if it's been a hundred years, then the oldest person is roughly about I don't know sixty something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then they were they were from the first of the of the people released, and then they just repopulate from there. And then as they release yeah. more people, then more people add to the pool of natural born uh, uh, Zion people. Natural-born Zion. Those, those pod, those pod, the pod-born. What did he call them? The pod-popped? Yeah, pod. pod Pod-heads. Yeah, who's yeah. born in pods? All so, the, 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 oh, no, the, anyone the, that's brought yeah. out of it. Yeah, oh, gotcha. like Neo. And I've also yeah. always had a really hard time about how do people actually know what they look like if they've never used their eyes before? How do they see what they look like because they've been in a pod? Do the robots, mm. like, take... Like pictures of them and then feed it through. I don't know, but I really that. like the idea of the residual self-image. So but I never, how do they even... I never questioned that because it's such a cool idea. I've always questioned it. That's always been my problem. Interesting. That's a really good point for the first yeah. movie. Right? If yeah. They've never seen anything. They've never. Yeah. They've never really explained. They've that. never seen themselves. You start as a baby. Yeah. Well, so Andrew, what are you mm-hmm. thinking about the second one? I'm sorry. You I keep doing this, one? you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you think about the third movie? Uh, for having detracted from the first. After listening to you talk about the the Christ imagery and stuff like that, I think um, I could see I I I I agree with that in some ways because I feel like what the whole I feel like the previous two movies or this Reloaded specifically set up the idea of the one, but also felt like to me it was saying specifically that Neo because I feel like someone at one point says. Oh, Neo actually isn't the one. Like, and the whole—it's just like Morpheus's crazy beliefs that everyone keeps putting faith in, hmm. right? Morpheus believes in the idea of the one, but but he's fed but all Neo that goes, by the... "I'm not the one," and the Oracle even said that. But so it still—it feels like they were building to this idea of anybody could be the one. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The one who steps up is if the one. Can, if you can believe it yeah. enough, you can become the one. You right? Can... I but love that yeah, totally. But then they destroy that in Matrix Revolutions at mm-hmm. the end if what mm-hmm. you're taught like the way you describe it mm. they sort of break that so yeah. he's the glitch yeah. Yeah. yeah well so the way that I always read that was that the anomaly of the one always happens eventually and that maybe it takes a while but that it, it, that, that could be anyone and Neo's the first person to break through to that next form of existence within the Matrix you know so I still I still felt after that that it could have been anyone but happened to be Neo but and not, not that all... Neo was born for that, but it, he just became the person to fulfill that because, like, human beings live and breathe and grow even if they are batteries. And human societies inside the Matrix will still live and breathe and grow. And there's going to be this percentage of, you know, of failure within the Matrix where people, like, that whole thing about choice and these people that are going to be out of the Matrix, it's going to happen. And eventually, uh, like... And eventually that will build to this point where they're good enough at doing it that the one will happen. That's that's right. what I kind of took from that. But then that it, it could still be like anyone. Every hundred years. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe it takes a hundred years for like the them to get good enough at fighting the machines to have someone who can even think that it's possible to break through to that. But then the machines wait a hundred years to attack Zion. 
Uh, they wait until the one pops up to attack Why? Zion. I, because then, I think that after the one is created, uh, the way I was thinking about it before the third movie is that after the one is created, there'll just be more and more people that can ha- do that, and eventually the system will not be able to contain them anymore. And that uh, becomes dangerous to the machine, so they have to destroy Zion, but they have to keep that population in Zion, so it's in their best interest to wipe them out. Uh, down to like a small group of people every time the first one emerges. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So then my question is, because you mentioned that, is it that Neo might have just been born with, because it, because if Smith taking him over is the thing that destroys everything, then uh-huh. it is, the implication is that it is him specifically. Totally. Yeah, he holds that was the yeah. code. They, they talk about it. He holds the code of the one. Right. He's right. He's carries within him. That's to go to the source to yeah. start it over. And if they had done something along the lines of like, he can see us in the real world. He's He's gone that far. He's like pulled back this many layers of existence to where it's now affecting his brain in the real world because he can see the machines even if he's blind. And that's why he can defeat them because of something that that does to like their code. That would be really interesting, but I don't think that that's what they're implying. I think what they're implying is that he was born this way and he is the savior, and he's the only person that could be taken into the Matrix to destroy Smith. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think it could go either way, maybe. But it does feel like he's... When they say the one, it always makes me feel like eh, he's the only person that can do that. Yeah, they never say anything. A chosen one. They never say anything in any of the movies about the idea that that it happened to be Neo. It was always but he does, going to be Neo. He does you know? say maybe it's Smith. I'm not the one, right? You know, I'm. That's not a thing. It's not, or at least it's not the thing that you thought it was. But it's clearly a thing. No one else has abilities anywhere close to his, except for Smith. Except for Smith, yeah. he's Smith. the opposite. He's the He's the he's the Satan. devil. The thing, You're yeah. the god. He's the anti. He's the yeah. Neo. He's the anti Neo. So it, essentially, it does make it special. It does make it unique, so that it's only one person and one program or one agent. That does this always happen? Where they always fight each other? Or is this the no. only time that that's the two different. of them have? Yeah, I think that's what's different because then the machines have to bargain. They've never. It seems like they've never had to do that no. before. They're like, this guy's going to take over because yeah. he can just keep replicating himself, which is yeah. really yeah. annoying. Yeah, my from some maybe this does kind of circle back to our initial this question then because it feels like from my understanding Smith only gets as powerful as he does because of the way he was destroyed at the end of the first Matrix. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So he's kind of killed and reborn also. Yes. What happened? How's he killed? He gets exploded. Yeah. Neo, Neo jumps inside him and just yeah. like blows him up. And then Smith and Reloaded is like, "Well, you I, you imprinted on me, and that's yeah, why so yeah. I now have maybe that code. code of the one got into Smith." That's and now, oh, maybe to be. yeah, that's maybe that's, that's how. Be, well, yeah, 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 totally. I never really thought about it that way, but I think that's that is maybe what He's happened. Like you changed me, you made me. But the, and Free. I'm and I'm and then I'm curious about that because then the architect is says specifically. That Neo is the one is is the remainder of an unbalanced equation, and then they reference Smith as being specifically the, the other side of that yeah. equation, and that they must, they oh, like they man, almost implied right. that this is a thing that was inevitable and always happens. But then also, it seems like this was maybe the first time that yeah. it's ever happened. Dude, you're making me angry. Right? I think you're you right. See what yeah. I'm saying? That's totally like, a contradictory thing. Yes, interesting. That Shit, they totally do that. 
And also, you're making me like the second one less. I don't understand. <laughs> the second one is so many problems. Anyway, it's coming. Yeah. Well, I'm no, sorry. No, I never no, got you. Okay. I never got you. Whether or not you're taking off a point for the second, for the third movie, over whether it made you like the first one less. Um. No. I. I. As I said before, I think that it it has more in common with the first one than it does with the second one, and I appreciate that. Cool. Andy, cool. how do you feel? <laughs> Whoa. Me. He's fine. Yeah. Um, as to whether or not the second two made you like the first one less. It just made you made um, So I think for the second one, no. I don't think it made me like it less. I think it's not taking off a point. And for the third one, I think I would take off a point. Um, because I do think that based on all the issues that we're discuss- discussing, I think the third one was the chance to maybe answer some of those questions or resolve some of it or change their minds about certain things. And they, they didn't. <laughs> Miles, Miles is coughing. He's like, yeah. I am going to take a point off for the third one because I think based on everything we're discussing about the issues that we had and and certain questions that went unanswered i think the third one was the opportunity to do that and mm-hmm. to explore some of that and i don't really feel like it did that in fact i feel like if anything it brought up more un- unanswered questions mm-hmm. i feel like i would have loved to have seen a more creative and complete and comprehensive wrap up of so many of the things that they yeah that they brought yeah i i, I agree with that i feel like when you're asking that many questions, you got to answer some. Yeah. Uh, and I, for me, the answer, the first time I saw it, I felt like they didn't have answers in it. And the second time I saw it, I felt like the answer was, um, you just have to have faith and things will be okay. You know, yeah. like that's, that feels like the message of the movie to me. Yeah. And I really don't like that. I, I like stories that have messages of like, if you want a positive future, you must take action to mm-hmm. create it. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's safe to like teach people that you know yeah just have faith in in what you believe i think that you you have to have your mind open to believing like the newest information that comes towards you you have to like open your mind i think that that's why i like the first one so Mm. much and then by the time you get to the third one it's just this such a closed off point of view Mm -hmm. uh that it really makes me question what they were doing in the first movie where like the the like matrix reloaded the second film doesn't make me question the first film at all i'm like well maybe the filmmakers are not as great as I had hoped. Like, right. this film is, is decent. and But I'm enjoying it, and it's not, like, actively bad. Whereas the right. third one, I felt, like, negated a lot of the brilliance of the story of the first one. Right. So, for me to enjoy the first one, I have to discard the ending. Well, totally. And, so, and, and for that reason, I would take a point off the off of the third movie and not off of the second movie. Yeah, that's... I And honestly, the other thing is... A major thing in my mind is that we don't actually resolve anything, really... Because they're still, they haven't agreed to not use human babies as batteries. You know, right, I mean, yeah. that's... There's a piece now for a little while. Right. I guess, yeah, you know, they, I mean... The, the only difference will be that to anyone up, who wants to wake, wake up, up can wake up. The people, I guess you make a subconscious choice to be in the Matrix when it's when you're like an infant. And I, I don't know what that means. They never really explain that. Right. But the people who make the choice to be woken up at that point will be woken up, is what it sounds like in the future. So you'll have like a, a more harmonious... Eventually, a more harmonious relationship between these two people that will live Still together. The machines and the humans. And, and I don't yeah, really yeah. buy it either. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. It's like. It's pretty far fetched. Yeah. Allison, how did you feel about whether or not the sequels made you like the first one less? No, they did not make me like it less. So that's pretty much it. But yeah, but yeah, I wrote down Can programs believe? Which is what the Oracle says at the end. That's what I believe. Fuck 
No. No. <laughs> You're a program. But I choose to believe. Yeah, it, yeah that's what got me with the stupid with the Prometheus that too I just I'm believe. a scientist I say, that's but what I, have I faith. choose to believe so they always talk about choice and that's that's what the that's matrix what science is. is no yeah. well right which is a program is made of science that I guess I don't know they stop uh, feeling like they're made of science by the th- end of the third movie yeah and that's something that I would have liked them to connect the dots on yeah for I, me yeah that, just cause well, I'm a sci-fi nerd yeah oh god there's so much to talk about <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's I take a quick like, break. Yeah, let's, sorry. I'm, uh, I'll yeah, just say so. At the end of that round, the Matrix Reloaded only lost one point or one Neo. Excuse me. I can't speak tonight. I apologize. I can't smoke this much weed and then host a show. It's very difficult. Uh, and then the Matrix Revolutions lost two points. Neos. Out of a, thank you. Two Neos out of a possible five. Did the sequels make me like the first one less? Uh, a resounding hell no. No, the the first is such a classic. I remember like the first time seeing that movie when I was like, I think it was like my freshman year of high school. This is like before spoilers were a thing, you know. So nobody was nobody was like posting on Facebook. It'd be like, oh my god, the the Matrix is like an artificial simulator, you know, like none of that. So I had like a fresh brain going in, and when his hand when he puts his hand in the in the mirror. And the mirror starts, like, putting that reflective liquid all over his body, like, right before he gets pulled out of the Matrix. And, like, it goes into his mouth, and it's that, like, kind of, like, digital, like, sound. And then it cuts to black, and then it, like, opens to him, like, in the pod. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I'd never seen anything like that before. Uh, like, it blew my fucking mind. He pulls that that mask off, and it's like it's like all the way down his throat. He's like, Ugh, like gagging as it's coming out, and he's like got no hair, and and you just have no idea what's ha- like. You're in the same spot as Neo, like you know just as much as he does about what he's experiencing, and I thought that was really cool. The next question is whether or not you think these movies are good sci-fi. If either of them are good sci-fi, you can add one Neo. What do you think? Let's start with Allison. I mean, I guess just by the definition of sci-fi, they are at least that. Uh, good, yeah, yeah. good, of course, being uh, then subjective. I don't know. I'm going to give them a half point each. I'm going to give them a half point each because I think I think it I think I got hurt too much <laughs> by these movies. You got hurt too much. I feel I I I was let down personally. Yeah. Well, what about like the um, just like the concepts that. Because each movie expands pretty intensely upon this big sci-fi concept of the Matrix, uh, and if I mean, if there's something that you like about that, then is that worth a point? Because like we're sci-fi nerds, you know. No, well, it doesn't explain most of the things. Okay, so like I have a problem, <laughs> like I was saying before about uh, how do you know what you look like in the Matrix if you've never used your eyes before? Also, right. parents. Are your parents your parents in the Matrix? Like, let's just say you grow up. Are they your parents? Do they think that you they're actually your child? Are you actually a product of those two people? Do you look like the people that they used <laughs> to make you? Did they use actual people to make you? None of that is answered. And That's these true. are the questions mm-hmm. that keep me up at night, hmm. which did last night because I started thinking about them again. Interesting. That's a really good point. Like, how do those babies even get into those suckers? I mean, they're all test tube yeah. babies, which is fine. That's cool. But, but where are they coming from? They probably have some sort of like genetic in vitro stock. Thing. But so they, maybe they have a synthetic womb. 
So everybody's parents are are machines. <laughs> kind of like or everyone's parents or like the, are programs like the in machines. the matrix the people that are your parents well those um, are programs or those are other babies that were like once babies in the sucker thing. my assumption is is that the family structure in the matrix is just random people of random ages that seem to fit a family structure oh. being applied huh but well, who knows i mean maybe it I is mean, that's kind of how real life works right <laughs> i mean but there's also like the the issue of the residual self image and the genetics and how people look related to their parents. And if, I mean, people look like their parents, you know, like there's a genetic component that makes you look like your parents. And if that's the case, then maybe your real parents out in real life are like in pods next to you and are actually your real parents, even though you're growing up like inside of this. Yeah. Do they take genetic material from the, the mother and the father to make that new baby? Just then that looks like, them but why does that i mean these are very interesting questions but not something that i personally needed answered from the story i I, see i need i need yeah (laughs) so you you need like another level of uh connecting the dots maybe than i do in that situation i mean i can't i can accept it it just happened but i'm still it i'm very still confused yeah Mm -hmm. Andrew, what about you do you think this is good sci-fi yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree and say half point each, um, and I think that's, you know, I feel like the Matrix sequels and, and listening to Allison talk about it and, and the whole conversation we've been having, um, the Matrix sequels feel like Episode Seven of Stranger Things two to me. And I don't know, have you all seen? Are <laughs> I you have all caught seen up? it. Yeah, you caught up. I know exactly no. what you're talking about, and I love that episode. It's nah. just like. Nah. But we'll just say spoiler and I'm not gonna, free. No spoiler free. Yeah, exactly. It's just completely different than the rest of the show. Exactly. And I and you know I really what I connected with about that first Matrix is you know um, Neo's character, Mister Anderson, being this outsider and 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 especially in '99 when we're you know really seeing the the technological boom and we're seeing you know IMing and and all of these things are becoming part of our everyday lives and. The Matrix really felt like it was speaking to what is it to live in a world where we're increasingly becoming more and more disconnected from each other. And it feels like the sequels, to me, go off on a different route. Mm-hmm. And they go off on, on this whole philosophical thing and, and doing the one, and it doesn't really feel like it connects back to hmm. the big sci-fi, the thing that sci-fi, the sci-fi, the reason The Matrix was a big sci-fi thing for me um, just didn't feel like it was followed through in those sequels. Gotcha. So I, I'll give it a half point for for those two because they are technically sci-fi and they do raise other questions, um, but I don't think that... I think they're separate questions than hmm. what the initial proposition or the initial hypothesis was. Very interesting. Ryan, what about you? No, I, 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 I'll agree with... Uh, I'll agree with uh, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just met tonight. Um, yeah, I think that the sci-fi that happens happens in the first movie. I think that, I, I think that there's basically nothing that they don't set up in the first movie that happens in the sequels. I think they 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 make the story happen. It's all very philosophical, but I don't think there's there's not a lot that they don't broach in that first movie that they really expand upon very much in any of the sequels. I think they take the world that they've created and they they do some world building with it and they and they create a story or whatever and it's and it's fun. There's a lot of action sequences, a lot of cool stuff that happens. There's a lot of it's very stupid too. 
Um, but I think that all I think it's all all the ideas are in the first movie. Yeah, I can't, I can't do a quarter point for you, uh, every movie. That's gonna it's gonna be. I mean, I guess that's fine. It's that's fine. Just this is already ha- yeah. This is already too confusing. I, I mean, give a half point to the fir- to to Reloaded and no points to <laughs> Revolution. Okay. <laughs> uh, Andy, how about you? Um, yeah, I actually think I'm going to agree with that um, <laughs> that uh, ranking um, because I feel that the second movie was pretty good sci-fi in the way of. Um, in the way of introducing the idea of the one being part of the whole system. And I, mm-hmm. and I did like that. I did. I did like the idea that there has to be that glitch in order for it to actually, that's just the way it works. And, um, but I, I did feel like it's not a whole points worth of good sci-fi just because <laughs> I don't think it, good sci-fied the way that the first one did totally. you know so and then i think no points um i i'm not going to give any points to the second one just because i didn't feel that it ex- expanded at all in the realm of sci-fi i don't think it did anything exceptional that the second one hadn't already set up mm-hmm. so um yeah nice why don't they ever go back to that white room and get more toys yeah, right. Why don't they White ever? Room? Why don't they ever? Oh, like, the loading uh, program. Why don't they ever like be like? Oh, oh yeah, I gotta learn German real quick. Right. I yeah. just learned German. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's true. They never did that. Yeah, and that yeah, was cool in the yeah. first movie. Well, no, Trinity tries because she she's like, hey, load me up a program for uh, how to hotwire a Ducati. <coughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then the and then she maker. drives that Ducati yeah. in two times and she jump flips they, that well, Ducati. No, they never went to the construct again, did they? Isn't that what no. it was called? Yeah. The construct? Yeah. They never did. That thing was cool. <laughs> uh, well, so for me, the the Matrix Reloaded, uh, I am going to give a point for being good sci-fi because I'm just looking at this in like a really broad sense, which is that this is the story of all humanity living inside of a computer program, a computer simulation. I think that's so interesting and, you know, such a great concept that I mean, where are you going to go with that? Like, how are you going to develop that? And to me, the core of the second movie, the idea of it is that, I mean, as Andy was saying, uh, the one is built into this. And yeah. that means to me that the machines thought so far ahead that they actually planted in a whole like quasi-religion hmm. for people to believe, people who are free in the Matrix. Like, a system of belief and a system of control was is wired into this whole system of using humans as batteries. And I think that's actually, like, a really compelling premise. I think that if, if you know, if you were a machine civilization and you wanted to control humanity, um, fiddling with their with their belief zone is a really great way to do it. The machines are doing that. They're yeah, using totally. the that's, construct that is of what a the messiah machines are doing. Yeah. to... Control to, like, to, or, yeah, to or control pacify the... to, to pacify this like element that has to be outside of the matrix for the matrix to continue to function correctly. I, I don't know. I think that's like a really interesting concept. That's the thing is that Zion is the is sort of the manifestation of, of choice. Yeah, that they is that what it is where it, it has to exist or else the matrix kind of no one will believe it. Is is that what it is? Why they do they reject, have to let this I, reject I think the program too much? If if the program is perfect, then. Everybody, I mean, if people don't accept the program or if the program is perfect, it can't work. Right. Like, there's, they've gone through these iterations of knowing how the Matrix will fail. So, the only way they could get the Matrix to be stable 
was if people had a subconscious way to choose. And I actually really like that also, like the implication that most people want to be told what to believe, because I think that's true. I think that like most people uh, don't nice. don't want to have to make decisions for themselves and are afraid to do that. So I think that that's really interesting, yeah. uh, the idea that that's also built into the Matrix. So I thought all that was super cool. But I don't... Can I just ask a yeah, question? Yeah. So I'm still not understanding the, uh, the, um, the role of choice. I'm not understanding the role of choice in this, because yeah. how... So there has to be choice, or the... I thought what I understood was that if people don't choose the matrix in some way, subconsciously or not, then they can't actually be part of it or that it breaks down for them somehow. Yeah. And that it doesn't work for them. And so there has to be a part of the, so I don't understand how Zion existing helps with the choice part. Yeah. I I think that my, my take on it was that anyone who'd made the choice not to was potentially able to be freed by the free people. But then anyone who just accepted it, that's not even a possibility. So it's not like the... I mean, at the end of the movie, the people who choose not to are just going to be free at the end of the third movie. But I think in the beginning of the story, uh, anyone who doesn't want to be a part of the system and like sub- subliminally doesn't accept their reality, that's Neo in the first movie, you know? Yeah. He's like walking around, like believing that there's something else out there. And I think a lot of us... Are, are really touched by that. And I think a lot of us have felt that in our lives. And for me, that's something I really connected to about the first movie. It's like, what if, what if all of reality is not, is not all there is, you know, yeah. what if there's something else right. that is actually but happening? It's the ultimate in indulgence of a paranoid fantasy. It's like, oh, I <laughs> believe that the world is out to get me and there's agents and it's not real. And they're like, well, what if it actually was it? That's like me, the whole, for me, like it was the whole more like for the, the first movie. For me, it was more about the idea of the laws of, physics are like it's something that your mind can go beyond i thought that was so interesting and i've always wanted to be a jedi or a wizard or some sort of magical creature and this was such a cool way of presenting that where in the matrix these people are basically jedi you know in a way it's not yeah it's it's not any different i I, and i don't i love that type of shit like i I love stories about people with these special powers to control like the world around them because they're tuned into what's really happening in the universe. I think that's really oh, fun just, and like, interesting. They downloaded all their skills. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. But and I, I don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I just, that didn't really answer my question. Like, I'm still really yeah. confused about, I don't understand your answer. So, it, why does, why does Zion have to exist and what does that have to do with choice? I mean, it's not like super, I, I don't think it's super clear in the movie besides the fact that like Zion is or like Zion has to exist in order for the matrix to be stable. Yeah. I mean, they don't really explain why uh, like they no. do say that when they make the matrix perfect, that people rejected the program. Right. Like, Cause because human beings need some choice. sort of sum- suffering the, in their lives yeah. and balance or something. Uh, the trouble is it's, it's, is this is one of the, probably not the first because science fiction and sort of, and like philosophy, even from like Stranger in a Strange Land, which is one of the first like huge like sci fi novels, I think it's a struggle because you, you have these sort of sci fi ideas that you don't have to back up with like real science, but it's based on that. But then you start to touch these philosophical ideas that are part of religion and they, they sometimes clash in like a really weird way. Especially uh, if they're not explained. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, or sometimes they spend an hour explaining it and then it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, know? when I really think yeah. about it, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I can't explain it. Like, okay. when I really think about, like, 
I, I understand the the element of choice in the story and what it does for the story, but I don't necessarily understand why. Right. And I think that that's a huge problem. Okay. Because yeah. right. that's the second whole. movie revolves around choice. Like, yeah. w- uh, the, we did the math, and if there's no Zion, then the things don't work. And they just right. say that because they're creating the <laughs> yeah. reality right. of the world. We said it did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there really isn't an, an answer. But I, yeah. But I am intrigued by the idea that there is a flaw in the Matrix that has to exist in yeah. order for it to function. Yeah. That just is such a cool idea to me that I just kind of overlooked the fact that they didn't really explain. Right. Why? Why? It doesn't okay. make yeah. sense. Why there has to be a whole city, and, and always, and and yeah. if they just and they and they have to destroy it, but once they destroy it, they repopulate it right. just just to destroy it again. Yeah. yeah. Because its very existence ensures that the rest of the matrix works yeah. in a way. It's crazy. Because yeah, it, it, it's strange. Well, yeah. The, after Zion's destroyed, they reset everything. Yeah. Everything yeah. gets reset. So fresh new matrix. But it's sort of like what God does. In, yeah, those, in the Bibles. Is it? He's like, right? He's like, I made a whole world. There is a rainbow at the but end then of he's the like, movie. He's like, yeah, flood. That's not very good. Let's try again. Yeah. So wait a second. If God made the world in seven days, and this is the seventh matrix, <gasps> yeah. <gasps> then maybe, maybe the seventh matrix at the end of, of the third movie is the one that we're living in now. No! Yeah, that oh! would only... Literally, that would only make sense because we went past 1999 and everything's fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's been no Neo. (laughs) This is what happens when we don't have that. Yeah. That's true. But Mm -hmm. I like it because it is. It's using a lot of these sort of... Yeah, it's same with Star Wars. A lot of these sort of overly, maybe religious things and then plugging them into like lasers and the internet. And you get it. Yeah, it's a weird story. Yeah. Well, so as far as the third movie being a good sci-fi movie, I'm actually going to give that half a point because the continuation of the story of like Neo learning to see as a machine, I think is really interesting. I think that that one element is really cool. And when I look at the story as a whole, besides the the element of the one being the savior that we've talked about that I don't care for, uh, even though I don't like the way it looks or feels to watch that movie, yeah. I mean, the battle for Zion like makes sense from inside of this sci-fi world that they've built and it you know is kind of intriguing the fact that these humans are fighting this war that is like impossible to win Mm -hmm. and this just happens every hundred years or so when the and this is how humans are controlled i mean all of that being this gigantic system of control i think is really interesting um i'm giving it a half point for setting those things up and i'm not giving it a full point because it doesn't pay them off uh, and it all comes down to, you know, faith in the end, which to me is less science fiction-y. So I don't think that it pays off its own sci-fi premise. But I'm so, I, can't, I can't ignore the fact that it has a lot of cool shit in it that I find intriguing, even if, like, the presentation of it pisses me off. At the end of that round, The Matrix Reloaded has gained three Neos for being good sci-fi, and The Matrix Revolutions has earned 1.5. Let's hear more from Dan DeRozier. Do I think the sequels are good science fiction movies? Yeah. yeah uh, ah, wow, that's a good question. I guess The Matrix, yeah, The Matrix is science fiction. Like, in my head, the genre is, like, post-apocalyptic and, uh, like, live-action anime. Like, I never really thought of it as, as science fiction, I guess. But, yeah, I, yeah, the technology is super cool. I love, uh, what I thought, something I thought was a really cool touch uh, with, like, the, the use of technology, especially, like, uh, VR technology is um in revolutions 
Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's uh, in Reloaded where you first see it when the Nebuchadnezzar is coming. They're pulling into Zion and they're communicating with the bridge. Uh, and then you see the establishing shot of the bridge is a bunch of people sitting in chairs as if they're jacked into the Matrix. And then it cuts to this like white room. And there's these like kind of like floating computer screens all around them. And they're like motioning their hands like to open docks and shit like that. And it's like they're using essentially matrix technology to operate their base. Uh, And that was like, to me, one of the first indications that like, oh, they're still so heavily relying on machines. Like there is this like symbiotic relationship between the machine world and the human world. So the last question is, what would we do differently? So we're going to have a little brainstorming session and try to come up with some simple fixes for both movies. What would we change? And if, if what we can think of is enough of a change that you feel like the, the film creators really dropped the ball, because we're just five people making up shit in my apartment. So if you feel like that's the case, then you can take off up to a one Neo for each film. So what do you guys think? I mean, a couple of things have come up that yeah. I thought were really cool ideas. Allison mentioned the idea that uh, Zion was a step back in the in the Matrix, which was another program. I thought that was mm. a really cool idea. Yeah, oh, that's very they fascinating. They totally should have done that. Yeah. They should have, and then that would have given them the space to introduce a whole other realm of reality. Yeah. If, if what? You know? I, I missed it. I was spacing oh. out for a minute. Oh, yeah. If, if Zion is literally just another layer of Matrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that really, I think, would help feed into the theme of choice. Uh-huh. In really interesting ways, mm-hmm. and perhaps provide some answers to your questions about choice's role. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, because I. I you, yeah, anyways, go ahead. Oh, no, after you. No, 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 please. <laughs> oh, oh, please, sir. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I hadn't thought about this before, but what if, um, what if the third movie was about. Like, let's say that that's that that happens. That maybe in the end of the second movie we discover that like Zion is not real, and that that's a form of a different type of matrix, and we're woken up into a new reality that's totally mm-hmm. different. What if the third movie was about like just trying to escape and yeah. trying to get off of that planet? Um, and once you're in the real real world, there is no hope of defeating the system. But the only hope we have is to take the people of Zion and try to like escape or something like that. I think that yeah. might have been more interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, I really like that. And also if, if you keep, um, Smith coming out of the matrix and into the real oh, world, yeah. then you are really, and then introduce this new aspect of, well, you're still in a, just a new layer of the matrix, mm. then that can still circle back around and, and start to have that conversation of the difference between humans mm. and programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have them, when you have both of them in this world that is supposed to be the real world, I think that's but not. Huge. Yeah. But yeah. then you have right. It's like yeah. I think that would be really fascinating, and that yeah. would be a story that I want to see. Especially, yeah. Allison, you're bringing totally. up like all of these different, like where did the, who are the parents, and where did all these pods? What happens with the pods? How is this whole thing created? We may not necessarily know all the answers to that, or be able to dive into that. But having this new world of Zion and exploring that with programs in it as well, I think, yeah, would definitely uh, be far more interesting. I actually love the idea of a third movie being all about like what is the difference between humans and machines? Yeah, exactly. Like, what if that's like the main yeah. core yeah. question of the third movie? As these, as maybe these people are trying to escape this new reality that they've discovered. Right. I think that's a great idea. I love yeah, that. Exactly. And to me, that completely rewrites the third movie, and it only changes like a little bit in the second movie. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? 
I don't think it changes. If we go with that, then it doesn't change the second movie. It just makes it, it literally lives up to the potential it presented. Right, yeah. right. And then all we'd have to do to the second movie would be to fix the special effects issues. Yes. And some of the dialogue yeah. and, and yeah. acting choices. And, <laughs> yep. and yeah. maybe some of those shorten things. some of those fight scenes. Yeah. Just yeah. a couple totally. of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like every three seconds a new fight breaks out and it the, gets a little... Yeah. The fight it, it in the chateau is kind of fun, but that's also really dumb. It's yeah. That's a very slapsticky fight scene. And I actually enjoy the, the freeway thing mm. it's too long but i i think a lot of what they did there was really interesting mm. but every time they go like the first movie they did bullet time it was so fucking awesome and then the second movie they do cg bullet time and it's lame oh. yeah. like yeah. there's no it looks point. like a video game there's no, no point to does. do that it does it, it is yeah. it's that early 2000 it looks like deus ex on the computer <laughs> yeah totally. which is yeah. the matrix anyway yeah and i like the idea about um that talking about choice more and and then also what you guys were saying about the machines versus the humans and yeah. and where the difference lies there and I feel like that is something they were trying to explore with the family on the train platform I agree and yeah. but like even further how, because th- that makes me think of the character of Persephone yeah. who is the wife of of the Merovingian uh, exactly yeah. what the fuck does she do and she, it's so weird when like she's like I will let you see the key maker but you have to kiss me and make oh, yeah. me make it feel real <laughs> Allison's pulling out her notes and, <laughs> and see I bet <laughs> Oh, and yeah. I feel oh, yeah. like that's such a bizarre thing for first of all I don't love that that's the only thing she wants or needs is validation from a man uh-huh. <laughs> um, and to feel like loved by a man and then she can go do this thing she just wants to know but, that love is real and that his love is real and that his love fraternity is real that seems and then it's like go. if she's a machine though why does she need to feel that you know I, like then it makes she's it brings imperfect you, you Right, I guess she's fl- a flawed program. Oh, you're talking. Oh, you're talking about with the with the Merovingian like date rapes that weird like that lady that yeah. lady well, where he like puts something lady. in her chocolate cake. Yes, and then oh my god, no! Like, that's, it's, that's, like it's such a creepy scene. She's yeah. talking about the moment when the Merovingian's wife asks Neo to kiss him like he kisses Trinity. Right, but that scene yeah. is also really fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I forgot Absolutely. about that. Yeah. That's yeah. why she doesn't back at him. Yeah, to get back at him, and yeah, it's just yeah. also. I, totally I would have loved if she so had weird. just taken the power because she wanted to, and not then been like, "But you have to kiss me the way you know." Yeah, and actually, the whole representation of women in this movie is sort of yeah. an interesting thing. I'm sure yeah. this is Han, in our notes. Han, <laughs> referring to the notes. My, my note exactly yeah. was: Persephone wants Neo to kiss her. Trinity was gonna blow her face off. Computers are weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if what if the train totally. man actually was the link between the Matrix and Zion? Yeah. Like, what oh if, like, shit! And then Sati and that whole family is trying to. You have to make the choice between oh, like love going that. into this real world or like I don't I know. Love I that. think because yeah. like oh interesting. And maybe they know that that the Zion isn't real. It's another level of the Matrix, but it's a level closer to reality. So yeah. maybe some people still make that choice. Yeah. That's an interesting choice. Exactly. Like, would you rather live in, I mean, that's what the Matrix is all about. Like, would you rather live in comfort and be oblivious or live in pain and know the truth? Yeah. But, okay, so it would be that Zion is, they know that Zion is just another version of the Matrix, but they would still choose to go there. I, I'm just thinking, like, if the train man is the link between, like, who would take that link? It's people who know that Zion, like, know what Zion is, I'm guess I'm just imagining. Right, in right. this, like, yeah. new version that we're making up. Yeah. And that's why yeah. Neo yeah. got to go there after he passes out at the end of the second movie, because it's still just the same part of that Matrix. Yeah. Because right. they didn't need to be jacked in. And right. I would make the train man be the key maker. 
Oh. And I, I make it look like he died, but then he comes back as the oh, yeah. as the train man oh, somehow. That's that kind of works. Just because I like that actor so much. He's such a he is, it is, He's really good. He's wonderful yeah. in that movie. Yeah. And what? why? Why have a? Why have a weird? Like it, he looked like the guy in Ghost, the the movie Ghost. The 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 that ghost guy. guy. Oh, you're right. That guy on the train. Yes, he did. And trying to move. Uh, the, yeah, you're right. He really did. It's like why why oh did they do God. that? It That's was like weird. The they made dude. weird choices. The idea is cool because yeah. it's like the train man's like chair and he's like the guy gets you across the rubber sticks or whatever. Mm. Yeah. You pay you gotta pay him a toll, but they didn't. They just made him go. Well, I can punch you harder here because <laughs> I'm a crazy I'm trash man. Yeah. Right. That's always, that's yeah. always the measure of useless. That's always the measure of who's in charge yeah, in this right. particular part of the matrix is yeah. who can punch, punch you harder, harder through here. A wall. Uh, yeah. yeah, I and, also, oh, sorry, nope. Go you go because I'm going to go a whole other direction. Okay, I go ahead. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, so I don't know. This might be a. I don't know what people will think about this, but. And I love Keanu Reeves in this movie. I, uh-huh. I, 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 in this role, I think this is a good role for him. Um, like his oddness kind of really works. Um, but I would be curious to see this movie with a woman being the one because mm-hmm. I think that would solve the Jesus issue. <laughs> or even if it isn't, even if it was still was an allegory in some way, it was. In, it would be interesting to see the savior be a woman. Yeah, I totally um, agree with that. Maybe the savior, maybe the one has been a woman in the past. Right, or I'd love to have known yeah. that maybe or something, you know, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I, it's, I feel weird saying this, but I feel I like... just be Trinity. Be, I feel like because yeah. we've seen like so many uh, like white saviors that have, like white male saviors, e- even though I don't like the whole concept of the movie revolving around a savior at all, I do think that showing a different type of savior figure... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something inclusive about that that I like, even though it, it still doesn't necessarily work for me as a story element. Right. That actually veers me a little m- closer towards liking what they did. If mm-hmm. it's just if it, we a, didn't change anything else, yeah. If it's yeah. just, a, I mean, even like a, a, I don't know, a woman of color or anything, right? Yeah. yeah. Anything well, other than like a, I'd say a female of some kind is what I would say. <laughs> you know, well, because we just don't see that. You know that Will Smith was originally tapped to play Neo, right? Really? No. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, he turned he turned down the Matrix yep. to do Wild Wild West. Yeah. That was oh a brilliant gosh. decision on his part. <laughs> Weird. Um, that's fascinating. So I would love to see that version. Oh albeit gosh, it would be a completely different film. Yeah, yeah. that's a great point. Yeah, oh, and Keanu, I mean, Keanu Reeves is not like just like a you know an Aryan poster child at all. Like he has some like mixed race in him well, the rest, which is uh, yeah. interesting but and the rest of the movie uh, you know is, is nicely diversely cast yeah I think. yeah totally I agree, I agree so then it's I just feel I, like but yeah you put will smith in there but of all the people I, I he is the to i don't think it would have been i think it would have been good i i, I still i still feel like <laughs> it's like a man. Mark? just because the the first matrix would have felt like enemy of the state yeah. You know, where he's like he running around and like being directed like by Dean Hackman. He's like, turn left. No, go right. They're coming for you around this. You know, it would have been like that. It's so yeah. true. That kind of is that movie. I do have to say, I still yeah. feel like if it's a man, it still feels too savior-ish for me. There's something yeah. subversive about mm-hmm. saying that the savior is a woman. Mm. Because, uh, I mean, that... I don't know. That's, it's just woven into the fabric of our society that saviors are usually men. And I, there's something right. subversive about it that I love that I think right. does help with that well, story Well, and problem. I think especially, because it's interesting, like this story references Alice in Wonderland. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because when we hear stories about, not to like have a 
feminist agenda or anything. But I do think it's interesting because when we hear stories about women as the protagonists, a lot of times it's women happening into um, a land that they don't recognize and don't know how to get out of, right? So Uh we have like Alice or Dorothy or... Mm -hmm. But Uh we when we have someone who's chosen as a special... A chosen one, it's Uh almost always men. Even like Harry Potter, you know, it's like, it's usually a male child that's you know and um, like it's so funny I always think of also Keanu Reeves playing Buddha which is hilarious in itself but you know I mean even the idea like if we're talking about religious themes like a lot of times the Messiah is shown the chosen one is a son or is the Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. I don't know I think that's an that would be an interesting story to tell and Um, there are like female gods in in several Eastern religions. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but totally. Yeah, but also the movie does have, to be fair, like a reasonable amount. I think of pretty strong female characters. Yeah, I agree. Like from yeah. you know, but like, it is a problem to me that Trinity's function in the story as our only main female character yeah. is to love, love Neo. Him. Like yeah. That's yeah. her function. Yeah. And yeah, love him to love and, and support him, and then die. They yeah. take her strength away from the first movie in the second two. I think nice. they take her strength away at the end of the first movie when mm. she talks about that whole speech about how she loves Neo, so he has to be the one. How, I, okay, how cool would it have been if they, like, both of them had, like, the same powers? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, well, I he think saved Morpheus her. Too. He yeah. could have given her his power. You know, yeah. like, he puts his hand he inside Im- her heart. Right. Okay, yeah. now yeah. let's talk about that for a second. Because <laughs> if there was a jumping the shark moment for me, it was... The uh, psychosurgery? It was yeah. that. I was <laughs> like, what the in that one, For sure. Uh, <laughs> so I'll massage your heart. I'm going to start it. And, like, for some reason, when he pulled the bullet it out I was fine with that yeah. but yeah. then the actually mis- the massaging yeah. the hard back I was like I'm out I'm out mm. <laughs> yeah well reaching in to do it like if he was gonna just they like do him, some fake they do uh, make him so all powerful right. it's a little much yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like beyond Superman even Superman, oh yeah it's like Superman well, he's just strong can jump Superman. laser eyes but this guy's like I can you know make myself immaterial and massage your heart back to life. What, no. Superman just <laughs> happened to change to the rotation of the earth to turn time back so Lois could come back. Yeah. <gasps> I bet you you could do that game. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, totally. He just didn't try. He didn't think <laughs> yeah. of that. I have a, just, a, a, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask this question yeah. earlier. Um, going back, talking about Trinity's role and the end of, the end of the uh, third film. When they come into the Machine City, it's understood that the machines would be expecting Neo, right? Yeah. Is that what? does that kind is that fair when, to say when Neo but gets to the Machine City in the end of the third happens. one? Yeah, because, because he has that's there. his destiny is they to allow go to him the source. In, I think they don't though. When they fr- that's the whole oh, reason right. Trinity dies that's is because right. they throw this b- barrage of bo- like right. discus bombs. That's true. What the fuck? So I'm confused at that. Yeah. That moment, because then I was like, "You would be expecting this guy, so you he, to do yeah. what he has to do." And he was like, "They want I, to talk to him, yeah. right? They want to fix this problem with him." And so it just felt like a. Right. Or did like, they want no, 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 I don't know. I don't did know. they want to talk to no, him, or did he like? Well, that's what I'm trying to. That's why I want to bring this. I don't know. Dude, there's no, no way you no, can fly say. the ship into the city. That's suicide, and he's like, "I'll just be able to do it," uh, <laughs> and then I, essentially I, just fly right at it. 
get blown out of the sky and crash in the right place. That's I very don't true. think that they know the machines don't know that he has a solution to deal with Smith. Do they? I think or do you're right. They? I'm like thinking about that. And I think no, you're right. They don't because he presents that to them. The weird baby face. Oh my god. That was literally the Deus Ex Machina. It is literally a Deus Ex Machina. It's the ghost in the machine. Why does it look like the baby face? Is it that's that straight out of Damakira right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the traditional storytelling like uh, trope of the Deus Ex Machina is that an all-powerful god figure shows up at the end of the story to fix the problems. Yeah, and that's peace, literally peace, what peace happens. Is organized. Yeah, right. totally. Right. right. Which so so they so they don't know they so they so they don't know he's coming. We've decided. I I don't think so. I think. They I mean, just it have seems it like they wh- crash and then he walks his way in. there right. somehow. Without being killed, which yeah. makes no sense. But, but from my understanding, is always the thing that happens. Then he's what, supposed yeah. to return to the sort. Like, it makes that's sense right. to me that right? they'd be expecting him, but it doesn't look like they were based no, no, off of their no, okay. behavior. Yeah, yeah. right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, well, maybe they just weird. always have to mount to defense because it's a ship. So okay, okay. Maybe. So the architect at the end of the second movie, the architect says, "Here's two doors. One is your lover is about to die. You could save her. The second is." You go rebuild Zion with this many people. They expect him to choose to rebuild. Yes. I think all so the other ones should have. But, all, yeah, but they understand okay. that that emotion is always a thing. So isn't he oh, okay. always going to yeah, yeah, choose yeah. the emotional response? I think which is to the go back to Trinity. Is his love of Trinity is unusual? This is that is usually the one is not in Why love is with that someone? Different? That's what they said is different. Yeah, they, they straight up said that. It's like, yeah. Because they yeah. said the the previous five iterations experienced experienced an attachment and emotion in a general way towards the population. None of them population. had a girlfriend before. <laughs> no, none of them did. Because they Come were young. Maybe they were younger. I don't know. Or maybe the one Love's is... not even that strong or real a thing. It's just... <laughs> You're jaded. It's just hanging out with someone a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just hanging out a lot. Well, now it's just it's taking a sad, God. dark turn. Yeah. It's not world-changing. Give me a break. You know, I will say that I cried so much during when Trinity died. I'm like, why am I crying right now? I cried a lot. When she actually why? died? Like, when she really died, like, yeah. in the in the third movie. Like, it's I... It's so cry. It's so cheesy. She's full of ten bars of things. <laughs> I know, but I just cried. Like, I still cry. Like, disappointing. She's just like, so, I, like, I gotta tie some I few, just, a few things up with our relationship. Um, I do love you. I'm full of ten bars of things. I'm experiencing no physical pain. I'm just glad I got a second chance to tell you. <laughs> I mean, Right, I'm like, <laughs> just wanted to tell you again. Oh, no, yeah. and I just think someone said this Trust earlier me, too that the the execution was bad. I yeah. think that both in right. both of the, these films, just the cinema, the way it was shot, yeah. the dialogue, and yeah. the way they were t- the story was told was bad. And it's not necessarily that all of the ideas are terrible. Okay, but like as soon as we got that first cl- right after the crash, and we got that first close up of Trinity, and it was literally just. Like oh, collarbone and head, and she's completely oh. still. It's like, like we know, know she's that, either yeah, like that's all that's Paralyzed. left of her, or oh, yeah. it was just that's gonna be what half I a thought. Lady. Oh. Totally, but I then that, that like completely kills the tension because you already yeah, know, you, know you right. already know, yeah. you know before like, Neo does. I was well, like, it's like it Captain's courageous. It's just there's no legs left. So we've come up with a lot of things that we obviously dislike about these movies, and I feel like we've come up with a lot of really interesting ideas for what we would have done differently. So yeah. now we have to vote. So you have to vote on whether or not you're going to take off a point for uh, for each movie 
based off of what we come up with. And I, I'm going to start because I feel like all these changes that we're making are superficial for the second movie and foundational for the third. So right. I don't feel like like the second right. movie needed that much fixing. So I'm not going to take a point off of the second movie. But I will take a point off for the third movie because what we came up with, I was so much more into. and oh, totally. Uh, di- I mean, it was just a totally different movie. I don't know. know. I didn't... Uh, my way of redoing these if I could change anything I didn't really get to do but I would say that uh, maybe um, not have the first movie have anything necessarily to do with the second movie like you could just start the movie like just in Zion or make that like almost a separate I don't think it needed to be all connected I think that these movies are obsessed with having the world be created and destroyed by like the end of the story. And you never just like, like just give us a piece of it. Just give us, because there's a lot of good ideas, cool Hmm. ideas that don't get explored because there's just too much stuff that they're trying to do. Interesting idea because the first movie is so satisfying because they tell you so little. Yeah. And then when they tell you, they try to tell you more is when it starts to break. Right. So maybe they like reset it Uh somewhere else, make it Uh just start in Zion. If you want to tell that story, yeah, um, and have it not necessarily have to do all with Neo. It, it could he could be a cursory thing that happens, but like I don't know. And so also, the, that... I, I love the idea of the Matrix and the idea of the, of, of ghosts and monsters and all these different programs yeah. are like weird yeah. programs lurking around and that world that you never get to spend any time in because they're all obsessed with it being the end of that world that we just got introduced with. It's like you just made this world for me and you're trying to blow it up right now. <laughs> Give me like a minute to ex- enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, Ryan, do you want to take any Neos off? Taking all the Neos. Taking off. all the Neos. <laughs> <laughs> taking it back. He's taking it all back. Uh, Andrew, how about you? Man, I don't know. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Um, I'll take a I'll take a Neo off of Revolutions. Okay. I feel like I agree with you. The the things that we've talked about, it would be a completely different third movie. And a, and I think a better one. <laughs> but I'd have to. I mean, that being it would said, just be a different movie. I, yeah. I think, yeah, you know, I if, uh, if you make what, a lot of great points and if Zion was also just another level, also just another yeah. Another and reality. I mean, we talked about this in the beginning, but I would not have anyone be the one. I mean, yeah. either everybody's the yeah. one or no one's the one in you know, my book. It's just or really it's, hard it's a for skill me to said you can learn. It's a thing you right. can learn. Either it should be a power that is accessible to anyone who's willing to achieve it, yeah. or or it should just be like a construct of the machines to make people believe in the matrix. But I, I actually really like the idea of there being this like level of existence beyond, you know, and I think that's what the, these movies are tapping into. And I think that saying that that's possible for anyone who's yeah. able to get there is such a hopeful message that no matter like what happens to the humans in the story, I would still enjoy it. I think it's annoying to think of anyone just being so good at a thing. It's like, you, you can't be that much better than everyone else. <laughs> Michael Phelps. Or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's the one for swimming, but it's only that one thing. It's not like a little. It's not, not the, everything. It's not yeah. the end of the so, world because he can swim better than everyone. I guess what's really hard, what's really challenging for me, is the fact that these two films were created together, and yeah. even though they're separate films, like a lot of what happens in the third film is based on what the 
previous film had to work with. Right. Uh-huh. So it's hard. So I'll take, I will, because of all the suggestions and the things we've come up with, I'll go ahead and take a point off of the third film. But it's hard because it really feels like the third film suffers, even though structurally the second film might do all the things it needs. But it feels like um, the third film suffered because of that. Yeah. And did you say if you were taking a point off of the second film? I'll take a half point. A half point. That. Okay. Some balance somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there's enough of it that... Yeah. I mean, there's like enough left intact of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> after our hack job that we just did to it. Because I do remember hating it um, pretty profoundly the first time I saw it. Yeah. Um, but a- but actually had a good time the last time, this most recent watch. It was just really long and drawn out. And, yeah. And a lot of moments. Yeah. Allison, how about you? Oh, yeah. Well... I don't really want to take any points off of the second one because it, since it exists, it's fine in it in what it presents, but the potential is wasted by the third one. Uh, but also, I, since we were talking about everything, if we are going to think about a savior figure, then isn't technically the Oracle the savior? Yes. In this hmm. movie, because hmm. once she once she gets assimilated by Smith. She's kind of upsetting everything from the inside. Of but Smith. once she's once she's a part of Smith, like Smith continues to go about his business. It's not till no. Neo is taken over that. Not Smith... a, well, I mean to to ruin it, but Perhaps. she's setting him up for failure. Uh, for failure because she's like, I saw this, I've already seen this, so he thinks that he has the Oracle's power, but he doesn't. She's just. She knows she's... that he's going to fail. When Neo, he fights Neo, yeah. she knows that Neo can win. And, and she set or Neo... Or he'll lose the fight, but win the yeah. thing. And she mm. set Neo against him, so she set up the chessboard for him to fail anyway. Yes. And so really, huh. and to upset, because she's like, hey, change uh, always upsets everything. She's been wanting to change things. So really, maybe we've been thinking about this wrong. The yeah, Oracle has been the... Kind of behind things But the in the Society of Zion, Neo gets the credit. Yeah, because no one knows. So well, the architect and so the everybody oracle. Everybody loves the oracle. History. They're kind of yeah. dichotomy. They're like they're like uh, not God and the devil, but they're they're sort of opposites. They're the, they're the yin and the yang. They're the machines and the human representative on sort of the most powerful scale. And I think yeah, that's interesting to think of the oracle and the architect being kind of above and more powerful than Neo, knowing his power and how to direct it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the end, that's kind of what happens. Right. Yeah. Allison, would you take, so you're not taking a point off the first movie, but do you take one off the, I'm I'm sorry, you don't take a point off of the second movie. I'm not going to take a point off of Reloaded. I will take a point off of Revolutions because the potential was squandered. Okay. I do love how, as we get painfully through these, the point systems, we get really deep into the movie. Like, I yeah. feel like we've yeah. just deconstructed it in a way that I don't even think we would get to. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I... am with my head a little I'm bit. like... <laughs> that's what I'm hoping to have happen with the... I know the points are, like, really confusing. It's but not I, really. I'm, like, trying no, to keep us not. on Once a certain track it. to get to a certain type of conversation. I feel like we're... I like the yeah. science behind it. The science <laughs> of the points is important. Cool. reality... <laughs> Yeah, because we did it without. Rooted in something. We did it without for the live version. Then we'll just and we go, were just yeah. all over the place. Yeah, we're just yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Andy. Gonna, yeah, Andy, yeah. would you take any oh, points off for doing different? Yeah, so I kind of agree with the general 
uh, trend, which is that um, I'm not, I'm not the the second movie. Um, I, I would change less about it, I guess, and so I'm not going to take any points off of that. Um, but I am going to take a point off the third movie um, because I think it set up some opportunities that were not taken advantage of. And yeah, the whole savior thing, that is interesting at the Oracle. I think um, I'm not going to hold <laughs> the the movie, ha- the lead of the movie being Keanu Reeves against it. So, um, yeah, so I won't as that because that was my change that I recommended. But I, right. I don't I don't think I'm going to include that in my consideration of the points just because And I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think because I, he's great. In this yeah, part. absolutely. Yeah. And, and that that was the structure of the movie. And for what they did, I think um, the second one still did a fairly good job um, of leading us somewhere that could be interesting. And the third one just totally tipped it for me. At the end of that round, The Matrix Reloaded lost 1.5 Neos, and The Matrix Revolutions lost all five Neos possible, every single Neo. Let's hear from Dan DeRozier one more time as we tally the Neos and see if either of these films are guilty. Anything I would do differently, it is a bit of a Christ allegory. Um, So if they could have avoided any sort of like flat-out religious imagery... That would have been. I, I think that would have been more, a little more satisfying. The ending being this like visual jerk fest. Um, while while like a lot of it was fun, I did get fatigued from it, and it would be refreshing to see, uh, like a large scale action movie subvert the finale and like maybe do something a little more like subtle. Like that's. Uh, it, it, it's it's a, slightly off topic, but it's like my ambition for like Game of Thrones. Like I hope, because you know, it, it all roads lead to this huge battle between men and ice men. Uh, but what if it wasn't? Like, what if we, we lead up to that and, and we find out that it, the answer isn't punching each other till we die? Uh, and I thought, and, and I, I, in retrospect, with the Matrix Revolutions, think it would have been cool to see like a different resolution to the story. Uh, rather than the typical third act uh, finale of Neo and uh, Smith punching each other in the chunky rain, <laughs> in that in that final scene, they had like special. They made special like rainmakers that made the water thick. That made the raindrops thicker because uh, they wanted it to pick up better on camera. the 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 rain is literally chunkier uh, by design. <laughs> Only wanna see you laughing in the chunky rain. Chunky rain, chunky rain. (laughs) Okay, well, here's where the points come into play. So, there's a total possible of 30 points in the trial. Any score of 20 to 30 is not guilty of crimes against fandom. Any score between 0 and 10 is guilty. If it's between then we have to come to a unanimous verdict of, of whether or not that we think the film is guilty of crimes against fandom. If we can't come to a verdict, then we can send it to Twitter. But that's never happened. Like, I mean, it, we should try to come to a unanimous <laughs> verdict. So here's the situation. For The Matrix Revolutions, the third film, uh, this one got the lowest score that we've ever seen on this show. Oh, really? It got a 7.5. Oh, so wow. The Matrix Revolutions, according to this tribunal, is guilty of crimes against fandom. 
Yeah, not saying that it's not a that it's a bad movie or that yeah. it has bad parts, but that I mean, if we're fans and we're really invested yeah. in this story, uh, Crimes Against Fandom are like breaking the world or like making us like the first one less or you know anything like that that gets stuck in your brain that you just can't handle. This film is guilty. I feel like sure. I feel like it's 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 not so much that a crime. It's more like this film. It makes me not care. Right. <laughs> and I think that you that's know, a crime against fandom. That's not Yeah, to take me from loving this, it to not caring, I agree. Trust me. <laughs> I agree, yeah. dude. Like, I'm with you. It's like it makes me <laughs> not care me. initially about yeah. the whole thing. I'm totally with you. So here's where things are going to get interesting because for the second film, for The Matrix Reloaded, uh, we came to a final score of 16.5 Neos. Whoa. That's yeah. pretty good. So we're above half. So now we have to come to a conclusion. Does that mean that this is not guilty of crimes against fandom? Or do we still think it's guilty, even though the points are leading us in a different direction? Is the third film so much worse than the second, really? Well, you know what? I actually forgot to do this in the beginning. Let's let's take a look at the fan and critic consensus for all three movies. Because I actually Mm -hmm. did look this up beforehand. So I uh, aggregated the scores from Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Metacritic to give us a a wider range of points of view. So the fan consensus is, uh, for the first Matrix film, is 87 out of 100. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the critical consensus is 80 out of 100. Wow. Uh, and for the critical consensus, I'm just pulling from Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. That's pretty good. Um, so then for The Matrix Reloaded, the second film, the fan consensus is 74 out of 100. Whoa. And the critics is 68. That's pretty so good. So not too different. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worse, but it's still like... You know, it's fair. It's like fairly up there. It's a downtrend. It's, it's got a like the cinema score for the first film is an A minus, and for the second film is a B plus. Yeah. Uh, the third film, the cinema score is a B, but the fan consensus is fifty eight out of a hundred, and the critical consensus is forty two. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know what's so, so interesting is that like when we look at the ratio no. of our numbers of like sixteen point five yeah, out of thirty to seven point five out of thirty, there's a huge difference yeah. there, and there's also a huge difference between the first two films and the third yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. so that makes it really tricky for the second film you know what do we think is the second film guilty of crimes against fandom how do we feel i feel like we're happy with the world that they set up and we're deeply disappointed with the end point right and and it's not that the second and third movies are even a different movie it's like one long movie we're just really not i don't i unsatisfied with where it ended up. So you think that the second two movies need to be judged together? I mean, kind of. I mean, it is kind of the same. So you're leaning towards guilty, it sounds like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, let's keep talking about it. Angie, yes. what are you thinking? Uh, that, it's, this, is so, this is incredibly difficult because I totally hear that. And I, you know, you've heard me say before that you know I, I feel some kind of way about both of these films being There's created so many together. Cool parts. Um, <sighs> I, I, I'm wondering about like what makes a good sequel, and if there are rules, if there are general rules um, for making a great sequel. And I think about things like you know, bigger does not equal better. Uh-huh. And so just the fact that you have bigger fight scenes Jurassic and more two, CGI does not make it a better film. And mm. is Matrix Reloaded guilty of that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and as cool as the opening sequence was, bringing us back into the world with more action and all of these things that we loved, it is also 
kind of guilty of ignoring the people who hadn't seen the first Matrix. Like the first Matrix Reloaded comes into this film assuming that everyone has totally. seen no, the first Matrix. Doesn't yeah. bother reestablishing any I of the like world. That. But I like I kinda that. like that. Yeah. I kind of like it. I don't oh, think you need to retell, you know, the I, origin we story. We did all the see the Matrix. They were yeah. right, you know? But then what ended up <laughs> what ended up happening in these final two films is that we started to raise some questions and get really confused it about did some things. Get confused. Because yeah. maybe they, they didn't reiterate it, it reestablish some things. You're right. Yeah. So it's guilty of that. So, so yeah, I'm taking or, a little bit of a of a, yeah. a more like I don't know. My, my view on this is a little less uh, harsh for the second film because the thing for me that that feels like a crime against fandom the most in the Matrix trilogy is that the third film makes me dislike the first film, and you that's know, huge. I that's totally that's a that. big deal. Where like the second movie did not do that to me. Mm-hmm. The second movie, even though they were shot together, it's completely different in its pacing. It's completely yeah. different in its environments. Like we're we're in Zion for most of the third movie, and I don't care. All you right. know, so I even though even though <laughs> I don't fair. like how they presented a lot of the second movie, I still liked it enough that I didn't feel offended by it. Whereas the third film, I it's offended's the wrong word, but it like if I don't care when Trinity's dead. That's a crime, you that's know? A, a yeah. I'm so invested in the story. Nothing like that happened in the second movie for me. I will Here's say the, the second one yeah. did introduce characters. It, not, it didn't make me hate the characters we already knew, but it introduced characters I never cared about. What Absolutely. If they, what if they cut that motherfucker out? Because they, they really want to introduce Zion. What if they did it this way, where the first movie ended, and what if they did the second movie like it was Empire Strikes Back, and they were just in Zion and you're like I don't know where the heroes are I have to catch up with everyone I'm introducing all these new characters instead of it being very familiar and then eventually you get to Zion you know what I mean like I jump, didn't, jump I didn't, right I didn't quite, into I didn't oh quite yeah follow you. like don't don't start the second movie with Neo and the whole crew that we already know started Just in Zion right oh, into the middle of something else you know what I mean oh shit so that's that cool we have to wonder cool. where they are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like time time oh. has passed and here's where we are now and yeah. maybe they talk about it like they do, do, do you think of, Neo's the one and then they show up later I, I, that's kind of cool kind yeah. of, now you can I, reestablish I, 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 the rules of the world I think right. they, right. I think great great yeah I love it I love it no I think they try to do it I think they they don't do a good job yeah, I'm. I think that's cool. Hmm. What was but, the question well, you asked me, so I can answer? That? Right now, we're just trying to determine if uh, the second film is guilty or innocent of crimes against fandom. Crimes against fandom. I'll say no. You'll say no. I'm feeling sure. no. I'll say no. Andy, what do you think? I've. I'm. I'm leaning no as well. Um, because I was still excited to see the third one. I was still. That's a really good point. You know, I was uh-huh, still. Uh-huh excited about knowing what happens next in the story and by the end of the third one I was like I don't care you know but um, but I I didn't leave there have been times when I have left sequels feeling like gosh I don't need to see any more of this and I didn't I did not feel that way I felt like oh I'm ready to know what what the rest of the story is so so I think not guilty what do you think Allison I don't think the second movie is guilty of crimes against fandom because it kept me interested and I came back for it because I was super excited from the second from the first movie to see where they were going to go with it uh even if it was vexing and confusing yeah and disappointing <laughs> she ultimately. said begrudgingly yeah <laughs> and yeah, Ryan so, so don't. Ryan is the only one who said yes so far Ryan how are you feeling now uh what's the question whether or not you think the second <laughs> film is guilty of crimes against fandom 
No, I, I think it. I think I think the second and third fail to build on the fandom of the first one. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're guilty against crimes. Wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> I don't think they're guilty of crimes. I think they've. I think they have failed the fandom to begin with. So they're guilty of crimes, crimes against, against fandom. They would. Failing be guilty. Is, is the same yeah. as being guilty. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like they, it didn't disappoint. Yeah, I guess they're guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, don't have a unanimous vote. We do vote. not have a unanimous oh. vote. So unless Ryan changes his mind, this is going to Twitter, and Twitter will decide. <laughs> Which has never happened before. But you know, We've broken no, the system, I, you I, guys. I, don't think, I think they're not guilty. I think they, they create their own world, and it's just... It's okay. Okay, so we and so they're not guilty. <laughs> okay, we know the third one is guilty. We have we have we've determined that. We have come to two points in science and science and guilty and is the second one guilty as well? Right. Yes. Most of us have said no. What but do you? you what say, say you? I mean, but if you feel. say yes, that's fair, and we'll go to yeah. a Twitter. Yeah, vote. it's really. There's no pressure to change really your vote you because feel. of what we think. No. it's got to be your honest reaction. No, I feel the same way about both of them. I think they're they're both. Uh, quilty. <laughs> okay, so we gotta go to Twitter. We gotta go to Twitter. Yeah, we do not have a consensus about the second film. Yeah, so, how do we go to Twitter, Jesse? Yeah, so go to uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash sci fi project. Find us at, what am I saying? That's my you Twitter. You can't say that. Let me that try that again. Wait, wait, uh, but no, they're not gonna just, be live. If you're, if you're going to Twitter, just look for uh, our Twitter account. It's at sci fi on trial. And then I'll put a poll up. It'll last for a week. I'll put that poll up probably about a week or two after the episode comes out. So just go follow Sci-Fi on Trial, and then you'll be able to participate in the final in the final verdict for this trial. It's very exciting. Wow. Yeah. Well, we we made it, you guys. <sighs> wow. We made it to the end. That I was feel, hard. And that was rough. I'm, I uh, that was hard. We've never tried to do two movies, and it was tough. I I feel really good that we got one verdict, and I'm actually I feel this I feel this like l- lingering sense of uh, things not being wrapped up by not coming to a verdict about the second but that feels very appropriate given what we were talking about so overall I feel great we all should have watched (laughs) the Animatrix I would love to see that I I will watch that at some point I think we could probably talk I'll probably watch it tonight yeah (laughs) we could talk about a long long time yeah well thank you guys so much for doing this let's go around one more time Uh, tell us where to find anything you'd like to plug on the internet my friends my name is Ryan Casey. You can find uh, the things that I do on uh, a website called Radiolarp.com. It's a, just a sci-fi podcast. Of, uh, it's a radio play, and uh, it's on iTunes as well. Radio Larp, Radio L A R P, like a LARP. Radio Larp, like Radio Lab, but Radio Larp. <laughs> like a, like good, a LARP. Live. That's the only good thing that I have. That We're I gonna go on a play. fun LARP later. <laughs> Yeah, live I action do, role play. I do, yeah. I, do. I love that name, Radio LARP. I think that's great. Yeah, I, I do stand up sometimes, but it's hard to catch me doing. It. I mean, LARPing is a thing. It's a word. Yeah, and it's a great word, and it sounds good, and it is good. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> it is good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Allison, how about you? Uh, you can also find me on Radio LARP because I do voices sure. on that. Uh, you could look up old ass episodes of Tiny Baby Talk Show. Yeah, I'm I was on in that, that too. too. I, yeah, we were, Brian yeah, was in that. We're I all was in that, that. also. Uh, you can I barely do stand up as well you can find me uh, posting pictures of my toys on Instagram at Lucha Stitch L-U-C-H-A underscore S-T-I-T-C-H very professional yeah I had to think about how to spell it at this point in time Um, (laughs) and then yeah sometimes I do comedy Uh, you can find me at Weird and Awesome every month taking tickets (laughs) 
<laughs> that's that's the other thing. That's at uh, Rendezvous? No, the annex? Weird and Awesome is at the Annex. Oh, the Annex. Nice. Annex Theater, first Sunday of every month. I am at least there. Usually. Yeah, and we're in Seattle, in case you don't know. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. in Seattle, Washington. <laughs> How about Andrew? Otherwise. Yeah, yeah you can find me uh, Twitter, um, at Andrew Lee, L-E-E, Creech, C-R-E-E-C-H. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. Search my name. I follow you on YouTube. Do you? I do. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Dude. Yeah. I think I posted my uh, uh, stand-up from the, oh, night, from we the met. night we met. Yeah, yeah. Did you? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I have some on my YouTube. I have those performances from that night also. Yes, me and my spacesuit. Uh, <laughs> Andy, how about you? Um, yeah. So you can also find me on YouTube. Um, it's just my name: A N D I A L H A D E F F. Andy Alhadif. Um, I have various performances on there, but I'm actually just starting a YouTube series on thrifting and styling <laughs> and wearing I'm vintage and craziness. Yeah, so, it's yeah, really cool. Awesome. I'm really excited. It'll be really you. fun. Oh, yay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, you do like I'll do come thrifting with me videos and hauls and outfits of the week and stuff like that. So that's kind of fun and different. And then um, I'm also in a 90s R&B cover group <laughs> um, <laughs> called Diva Tech. And um, we will be performing uh, at Stone Lounge in Bellevue on various dates yet to be determined. But if you want to follow us, um, we are at nmentertainment.com. Um, that's Naomi Morgan. She is the organizer and um, that's her website. And she posts um, where the shows are going to be. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. Nice. <laughs> and I actually have new plugs since the last time we've done this. Uh, so I've started game streaming on my YouTube channel, playing a lot of Mario Maker and, well, mostly Mario Maker, but also some Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart with viewers and fun stuff like that. Uh, and then Ryan and I did a live version of Sci-Fi on Trial for the Trial of John Carter. Yes. So that is available on my YouTube page as well. And that's all at uh, youtube.com slash Sci-Fi. Uh, and then, uh, of course, my weekly podcast, Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. Everyone except for Allison in this room has been on that on some fantastic episodes. And Allison and I will do it eventually. I'm oh, sure. yeah. I know. We'll figure something out. I know. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, uh, totally. But I have all sorts of like wide-ranging sci-fi discussions. Ryan and I do a, a regular segment called the Director Series. Director Series. Yeah. And we're going to do the Wachowskis next. This is like... Part oh, of that, yeah, God, yeah. That's gonna be so. We got to watch like Jupiter oh, ascending and no, why did I, Cloud I Atlas? I, I have to talk you out of this. I think. <laughs> well, we, yeah. So maybe we'll do the Wachowskis next. You never yeah, know. I'm talking you out of this. Just have a yeah. deep, in-depth talk about Bound. <laughs> I have not that's seen that. I want to see that. No, Bound is good. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that actually. Bound's better than the. Most of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that other podcast is at jessemercury.com. Yeah, all right. So, guys, head to Twitter at Ooh. Sci-Fi on Trial. Yes. Uh, follow us, and then you will see the vote pop up uh, within a couple weeks of this show coming out. And then you will decide whether or not The Matrix Reloaded is guilty of crimes against fandom. <gasps> Crazy. We'll, we'll never know. Oh, until then. We'll know that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank this was you, Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Awesome. We made it through the trial of the Matrix sequels. It was quite the journey. If you like this podcast and you want to support it, there are several things you can do that are greatly appreciated. 
Positive ratings and reviews on iTunes are amazing. Sharing it with a friend is fantastic. Follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi on Trial to vote for the final verdict for The Matrix Reloaded. If you want to go above and beyond, you can support this show and the rest of my creative work on Patreon through a monthly contribution, uh, starting at a dollar and going all the way up to as much as you want to donate. <laughs> Check it out at patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. Patrons at $2 or more per month will gain access to a premium podcast, which includes bonus episodes from this show. There will be a bonus episode coming out for the trial of The Matrix sequels very, very soon. I've got about 15 to 20 minutes of content left over from this recording session that will be in the bonus episode only available on Patreon. If you'd like to write into the show or you have suggestions on what films you'd like to see put on trial, you can write to us at scifiontrial at gmail.com. If you'd like to call and leave us a voicemail to share something with the rest of the class, you can reach us at 541-649-2019. Be sure to leave your name and feel free to plug something as long as it's tasteful. Uh, The next film we'll be putting on trial I am very, very excited about. Something came out recently in the sci-fi world that was very controversial. It seems like the fandom was completely divided. It is the perfect film for this podcast. It is, of course... Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi. We will be putting that on trial very soon, so make sure you are subscribed to this podcast to see that happen. And if you have thoughts on The Last Jedi that you think are interesting or relevant, please leave us a voicemail and I'll include you in the next episode. I'm just looking for general likes and dislikes, how you reacted to the film. I I love getting a, a wide variety of opinions on how people experience this popular media. I just find that completely fascinating, and I'd love to hear from you. Recently, we did an episode of Sci-Fi on Trial live on my YouTube page at youtube.com slash Sci-Fi. So that was sort of a, a abbreviated version of the show that I wanted to try as an experiment to see if this show could work as a short live production. And to be honest, I kind of prefer the long meandering version better. So I still have it in my head that I really want this show to be live because I'd love to have an audience sitting with us as we are debating to actually, you know, vote on points throughout the podcast and then provide a verdict at the very end. I think it'd be wonderful to have that live audience interaction with this exact format that we just did in this episode. So my plan right now is to broadcast the trial of The Last Jedi live on my YouTube page. So make sure you are subscribed on my YouTube page so you don't miss that. Thank you so much for joining us. I really, truly appreciate it. I can't wait till next time. I'll see you then.